Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Royal Queen Show, the topic news radio show podcast with your host, Apostle Rosalind Solomon. This show is every Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tell your friends and come go on a journey with the Royal Queen Show.
Welcome to the Royal Queen Topic News Show with your host, Apostle Rasa Solomon. And in case anybody's wondering, that's um, one of my songs. It's called Messiah's Bow, and it's on a 12-song album called The Messiah's Bow to Me. That's the name of the album, The Messiah's Bow to Me, and it's on there. And, And that song is basically a love letter that he wrote to me. And I made it into a poem years ago and then made it into a song. That's so fantastic. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm around 6.40 p.m. My host had his uh, daughter in the Lord email me to tell me he would not be able to make the show for, um, I forget, personal issues or something like that. So the show must still go on, so I had to go and, you know, pull out some stuff to teach you guys after I give you the news, because the show must go on whether the guest shows up or not. (laughs) You know, glory be to the most high. All right, so we're going to start with the news, because y'all missed it last week, because for some reason, the first 30 minutes, nobody can hear me. I think it was because of my guest, because she had been going through warfare, she told me, so, you know, but it worked out in the end. So here we go with the news. And God bless everybody that's on the show today. And we thank God that we all are still here today because many people did not make it to this day. I mean, this world is getting like the wild, wild west. You know, um, I had my followers go on a fast one or two days this week, you know, just just praying against everything and for everything because that's how bad it's getting. All right. All right. So here's the news. Um, the DOJ urged to act after James Revenge declares open season on pro-life organizations. The Catholic bishop urges the government leaders to speak out against attacks on churches and pro-life pregnancy centers. This stuff is happening. They're attacking churches and the pro-life centers because they want, because we believe in life and they don't. This is, this, this is what I'm talking about. This world is just going bonkers. Right, and then um, an activist firebomb pro-life pregnancy center in Buffalo. Two firefighters admitted to the hospital. The House passes a bill giving Supreme Court justice added security because uh, one almost got killed this week. One of the su- Supreme Justice got killed this week. Um, there was a shooting in Alabama at a uh, church small group meeting. At least three dead in Alabama. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, the states that promote giving kids puberty blockers, trans home hormones, have higher suicide rates. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. And down here where I'm at, it says the Georgia church pays $13.1 million to leave UMC. SBC denounces prosperity gospel Republicans win historically 
Abusi. Uh, then there's something else. The Christian Post podcast uh, did a story about the metaverse, about how the churches are being fooled into the metaverse. Yeah, they are, because I spoke about that. I had visions about that. A lot of my followers attested that. I saw the metaverse coming before it even came. The Lord told me it was a trick. It was the mind of the enemy. And anybody that gets in it and warn people about their children, anybody that gets in it, the enemy could take over your minds, your thoughts, and everything. It's serious, right? <laughs> now, um, Biden signs an executive order to crack down on conversion therapy, combat harmful state laws. Uh, so he signed an executive order seeking to stamp out a practice critics refer to as a conversion therapy and a cumulative state law that he categorizes as hostile to the LGBT rights. Uh, wow. Now, there's a Southern Baptist they adopt pro-life resolution accepting Roe versus Wade reversals at annual meetings. What else is out there? Um, it says a study connects jump and a jump. There's there's a heightened suicide, and that was one of the words God gave me last year too, for this year that we will see a lot of suicide, especially among transgender people, and uh, that's exactly what's happening. Um, and there are out people out there campaigning in Washington for poor people. Um, and uh, let's see what else is out here. Not like a whole bunch of stuff out today. Uh, there was a disgraceful attack on Christianity in California. The city councilman criticizes the LGBT flag raising at City Hall. I mean, have you ever wondered why they're making this stuff so big? The LGBT, whatever, you know, transgender, homosexual, lesbian. Do you wonder why they make this thing so big? They got a whole month this month. <laughs> I mean, really, you know, they hijacked it. Hijacked the rainbow, but technically they really didn't because if you pay attention to God's rainbow and then their rainbow, their rainbow has a color in it that God doesn't have, you know. So so you, you see, Satan really couldn't take God's rainbow, so he just altered it a little, right? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, so I was talking to God about this, and I was like, Daddy, why are you making it such a big deal? Why is he, like, forcing this down people's throat? And they're trying to make everybody this way. He said because it's the introvert way, and the enemy's kingdom is introvert. It is the opposite of God, and he knows it's a big sin. And then guess what? I did not know this until God brought it to me, that Yeshua HaMashiach, King Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wrote the book of Leviticus that has all the laws about homosexuality. They say that he never talked about it, and he did. If you read the book of Matthews, I forget which chapter it's in, and I believe Genesis when God talks about how the man and the woman is to be together and multiply, that's God and Yeshua and Matthew's speaking against it. But if you read the book of Levitic, Leviticus, it has all the laws against it. Do you know Yeshua wrote that book? Do you know he wrote that book? What? <laughs> I was like, Daddy, really? He wrote that book? What? <laughs> Isn't that amazing, y'all? That's amazing. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, let's see what else is out here today. Uh, well, the House passes a bill giving Supreme. Okay, we got that already. We talked about that already. Okay, what else is out here? Um, God is unifying the body of Christ in ministry to LGBT people. 
freedom march leaders say. So a lot of these churches are becoming complacent. A lot of them are accepting, you know, people being in those positions, transgender, whatever. They're not really, a lot of churches aren't really preaching the truth to them and the scriptures to them and helping them to see this. They're like based, a lot of churches are just accepting it, you know, just living with it. You know what I'm saying? Because I guess they're scared they're going to get sued or whatever, you know, but, or lose their 501c. But um, you can't you can't be afraid to speak the word of God because what would you rather do lose your five hundred one c or lose your eternity with the Lord? You you think about that when you go before Him, He's gonna say you put your five hundred one c or whatever before me, and you didn't want to preach the truth. And look at all of these ones that's down here in the abyss now. You know, and, and some of them may not make it back because when the salvation door closes. And uh, Yadathoth, a.k.a. Lucifer, self-destructs his own kingdom and himself, who's ever in that kingdom, is going right along with him. You know, so we as children of Elohim, we can't be afraid to speak the truth. If God leads you to speak to someone who's who's a transgender, you know, homosexual, lesbian, then you speak to them in love, you know, and you ask the Holy Spirit to go before you to prepare them. And you speak to them in love, you know, and, 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 and use the scriptures accordingly. But you speak to them in love. You know, you let them know God loves them. He doesn't hate them. He just doesn't like the spirit that's in them, you know. And you tell them, you know, like it says in the scriptures, a man and a woman is supposed to be together, not two men, not two women. You know, two men can't make a baby. Two women can't make a baby. A man and a woman, that's what we are supposed to be, not two women, not two men. You're not supposed to be that way, you know. And then like God, uh, like God talks about the eunuchs in the book of Matthew. He said if you can't hold yourself, then get married. But he also said that God made eunuchs. And I did a serious teaching about that on my YouTube channel, how a lot of people in the world were meant to be eunuchs, meant to be servants of the Lord and not be touched, to be virgins all their life, you know. But they fight this. You know, and, and and when God makes you a eunuch, there's there's different types of eunuchs. There are man-made eunuchs where someone will cut off a person's parts or mess up a person's parts. You know, then there's the person themselves that wants to be a, a, a eunuch or a nun. You know, and then there's the ones that God makes eunuchs that He prefers that He prefers for Himself, like He did the Levites. He said the Levite tribes was going to always be his. He preserved them for him, right? He also preserved the first 12 tribes of the tribes of Judah, right? He preserved those for him out of many tribes, right, especially the tribe of Judah. That is a totally different tribe from all the other 11 tribes, but he, 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 he kept 12 for himself, right? So when God makes a unit, he he's preserving that unit for himself. But what happens is, the person is born to not to be attracted to the opposite sex because God made them that way to preserve them for him. But instead of them honoring God in that way, they get attracted to the same sex. That's basically what it is. So what Satan did was he took the blessing of being a eunuch, serving God, and being a virgin, he took it and made it introverted and gave them a way to be able to still fornicate and do what they want to do, but they can do it with the opposite sex. But it's a very in-depth teaching, and um, I think I have something in my title that says it, but I can't remember it. I hope YouTube didn't take it down. <laughs> you know, um, 
But I'm, I wrote a very controversial book about homosexuality, and it was on it was on Amazon, and they took it down today. But Barnes and Nobles, they gonna let me put it up because it's already in my private private books on Barnes and Noble, and they go through your books with a fine tooth comb before they let them out. And it's been in my private books for like for like since what twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen, right? Uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and finish editing it and um uh, and make it public because it's in my private and make it public, but. It really breaks it down about how people become like that and how they can be delivered from it. And it talks about a whole host of everything. But it was so controversial. It's been up, um, it was in hiding on Amazon for two years. And then the Lord was like, go ahead and release it again, right? Because so, I, I had kept it in hiding because when, um, when CreateSpace was removed and Kindle took over, I just left that book the way it was, <laughs> and it's been sitting there for two years. So God was like, "Go ahead and make an ebook out of it, and then take it out of your private thing in Barnes and, and make it public, right?" So it's been an ebook. It's been out two weeks now. They sent me an email today and told me it was too controversial. It goes against their guidelines. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I never. That has never happened to me. I've never had them, any book publisher, tell me they had to remove my book from their platform and will not sell it because it's too controversial. I was like, Daddy, I didn't hit a nail. <laughs> I didn't hit a nail, right? So he said, go ahead and publish it on Barnes & Noble. You're not going to have any problems with them. I was like, all right. So I'm just going to finish editing it and hopefully get it out in the next couple of weeks. It's a very controversial book because it speaks the truth of God. It speaks the heart of God. Anybody that's a homosexual that's been reading, they're going to come to God. Guaranteed. I tell you, they're going to come to God. And if they don't come to God right away, it's going to be a seed planted there. So when this book come out in a couple of weeks and you guys go and buy it, you'll see why. <laughs> it is also going to help you to be able to talk to people that has that kind of lifestyle. You know, because I have people in my family like that. And I'm like talking to them little by little, you know, inch by inch. But I'm going to send them the book, right? But um, the book is going to be able to help you talk to those kind of people because most people don't know how to talk to people who are transgenders and lesbians, homosexuals. They don't know what to say to them. They're very scared. You know, they don't want to, you know, they're scared they're going to lose this, lose that, get attacked. But when you read that book, you're going to know how to talk to them in a way where they won't even want to come for you. They won't even want to come for you because by the time you finish with them, y'all going to be all up in there. So, you know, they ain't going to want to come for you, right? So we as a church, we can't get complicit and, you know, just be around them and not say anything to them because when you go before the Messiah, you're going to be in trouble. So what would you rather have? Would you rather be prosecuted on the earth or go to heaven before your Messiah and be prosecuted by him? I, I pick on the earth, you know what I'm saying? I, w- I would pick pick the earth. I really would. I would pick the earth, I, I, you know, <laughs> you know, um, because this is crazy. You know, too many men are with men and too many women are with women. Now you got children, little children. They got a TV series. I saw the commercial the other day about to come on, Xfinity's backing it up. You know, about little kids, uh, little boys turning themselves to girls, and little girls turning themselves to boys. I mean, come on, what does a child know? What does a 7- and 10-year-old, 5-year-old child know about 
wanting to be a boy and they're a girl, or wanting to be a girl and you're a boy. What do they know about that? They don't even know how to piss out the pampers yet, all right? And they try telling their parents they want to be a boy and they're a girl, or they're a girl and want to be a, I mean, a boy wanting to be a girl. What do they know about that? And then these parents foolishly back this stuff and do this, and they don't even know they're going to burn in the abyss. Because the children are a gift to us. They are not ours. They belong to God. And if they wind up in the abyss because of you, you're going straight behind them. And you're going to get their punishment plus your own. You know, there are different trials in heaven. Some people, I mean, well, yeah, there's trials in heaven. But there's trials in the abyss. And some people don't even make it out of the abyss to be reincarnated because they can't even make it past the trials. You know? And God don't want you to wait till you get to the other side and be sorrowful and so the whole heaven hear you screaming. Now, he don't want that. He don't want that. He don't want nobody to burn. He don't want nobody to miss him. He don't want nobody to be destroyed in the end. He wants all saved. Give us a chance. It's, I mean, I still understand this world. I don't. It's, it's, so, it's becoming so godless. It's a shame. And the Bible said this will happen. But I never thought it would happen to to this 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 way, you know. It's just it's just really bad. People don't believe in salvation no more. People going to church and, and ain't saved, fornicating, shacking up, smoking, drinking, getting high, cheating on their taxes. The woman in the church trying to sleep with the pastor, he married. Somebody trying to come after the pastor's wife, the pastor's on the down low, liking men. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 the woman prophet liking men. <laughs> I mean, you got pedophiles in the church. You got warlocks. You got witches. What kind of church are we in today? Huh? What kind of church are we in? The devil is all up in the church. Now I know why God said in the end, hell will not prevail against his church. He was warning us and letting us know that it was going to get so bad that it was going to look like hell was prevailing against the church. But he turned around and said, hell will not prevail against the church. He was letting you know that it was going to look like hell was going to prevail. But in the end, they shall not. They shall not. People go into church sick, full of demons, and they leave with the same demons. Heck, they leave with more. Because if the pastor's demonic or he nasty himself, fornicator, down the homosexual, lesbian, whatever they is, right? And they laying their hands on you. The Bible says to Tiffany, lay your hands on no one suddenly. Let no one lay their hands on you suddenly. People don't got to lay their hands on you to heal you. I don't lay my hands on nobody. And God heal them. I put my hand out there in the atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, so people come to church, leave them, leave them with more demons than they had. They come in with wounds, and they leave with bandages, with a little medicine. Some of them, the demons park right outside. <laughs> and then they jump right back in when they leave the church or a conference or a deliverance place. I can't tell you how many times I've been to uh, conferences where I was getting deliverance from my own self, but then I would see women come back, you know, and then, and then they would find out how anointed I am, and then they would invite me to work with them on the team. And so I would do it. I did it with like seven churches when, in the beginning stages of me being right with God. You know, I, they even made me, they called me a, ju- a junior prophet on a senior prophet line. I was throwing everybody under the bus, you know. <laughs> it was amazed at me. And, I, and, that, and that was my first couple of years. 
back in 2011, 2012, 2013, being with the Lord, right? But when I started talking real mad truth, nobody liked that. Everybody scattered, you know, and that's the thing. Nobody wants to hear the truth anymore. They want you to feed them lies upon lies, deception upon deception. Nobody wants to hear the truth anymore. See, the truth will set you free because truth is life. Truth has breath in it. Lies are death. They have no breath. And eventually the lie is going to be Exposed because the truth is so powerful, it will force the lie to be exposed. And then the lie will die because it's death. And the truth shall live because it's life. Right? So truth saves life. But nobody wants their life to be saved. Everybody wants to live in the flesh. Live in their own emotions. You know, live their own life. They think being a child of God is boring. They think it's too much work. Being a child of God is one of the most beautiful things you could ever be. And trust me, it ain't boring. I haven't had a boring moment yet. And then some of them, you know, they're afraid of the attack. But what they don't realize is you would whether or have better had gone through the attacks on this earth than to have to face your Messiah. Because you won't face God because nobody gets to go before God until they get past the great judgment of the Messiah. Right? So I would think you'd rather go through the warfare on this earth than have to go through what you're going to have to go through when you go before him and you can't answer him. And he's showing you videos of stuff you done did that you had no business doing. <laughs> right? So we as a church, we must wake up. It's time to come out the coma. It's time to stop being little scared people and be the bold, bodacious, victorious people that God has made us to be. We need to be like our ancestors, like the tribes of Judah, you know, like the, the, the vulgar men, you know, Dan and Reuben and all of them. They was climbing up 100-foot walls, killed one of them, killed a 1,000 men in one day by himself. Where's that church at? You know what I'm saying? Where's the prophetess out here? You know, the border and all of them. Where, where they at? Where they at? You know? Where's the Ruths? Where's the Esthers? Where's the Naomi's? Where they at? Where, where, where's the prophet Samuel's at? Where's the King David's at? You know, where's Solomon at? You know, although he messed up in the end, he was still a good king. Where's the Queen of Sheba? Where, 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 are, where are these people? Where's the Elijah's and the Elisha's? Where's the Amos's? Where's the Baruch's? Where are Baruch's? Where are they? They hiding in the cave because they scared of the devil. People don't even want to cast out demons no more. They tell you, go see a psychologist. I know when I was dealing with demons back in the day, my pastors and them used to tell me I need to go see a psychiatrist. <laughs> so you calling me crazy because I'm dealing with a demon, but you calling me crazy because I'm dealing with a demon, and you dealing with demons to yourself, <laughs> but you don't want to admit it. At least I'm woman enough and, and bad enough to admit I had them. You know what I'm saying? I would never tell nobody to go see psychiatrists and they dealing with a demon. Do you know how traumatizing that was for me? You know, this is the church I tied to every week, sold to every week, sung in the choir, <laughs> you know, knew the, the, the pastor's wife, knew him, w was a leader in one of the coaching things. They wanted to train me and make me the superior leader, but yet you tell me to go see a psychiatrist because you can't get the demon out that I got because it's too powerful for you, powerful for you because you ain't anointed enough to get it out. 
Do you know how traumatized that is to tell somebody that? I would never do that. I would if if I mean there's been a few people in my life of ministry. God told me don't you even touch that. <laughs> For real. Don't even touch it. Because you will get attacked beyond measures, and I don't want you to go through that. And I'm like, but why would I get attacked? He said, because you ain't ready for that kind of demon yet. Some people are dealing with some powerful demons that some people are not anointed enough to deal with. That demon will kill your butt. And the Lord told me there's a couple of people. He said, because I don't want you to go through what you're going to have to go through. He said, I ain't going to let them kill you or hurt you. But the mental things that you will go through, I'm not having that. I'm not letting you go through that. He said, leave them alone. Leave them alone. He said, tell them that I told you to tell them to pray to me, and I will lead them to where they're supposed to go. I was like, okay, you don't got to tell me no more, Daddy. I'm gone. <laughs> and I just keep praying for him. See, you got some people who want to be Buck Willie. You know, God will tell you, don't mess with that, you know, but you're going to do it anyway. I remember this chick a couple of years ago. She going to email me. She going to tell me, Apostle, I know you told me not to go to um, my mother's house and cast them demons out of her and my father and my brother, but I got my anointing on you, and I prayed, I'm going, you you know them demons beat her up so bad. She said, I regret not listening to you. I said, I told you God said not to go because you wasn't anointed for that assignment. How many of you know you got to be anointed for the assignment? If you're not anointed for the assignment, you cannot complete the assignment because you don't have the anointing to do it. It's like going into a gang of motorcycles, going into their den, talking smack to them. But you ain't got no protection, and you may not make it out of there. See, this is why you need to be close to God. This is why you need to be talking to God. This is why you need to be praying to God before you step your foot in any church, any conference, anybody else to deliver them or cast out demons. People be asking me to come to their house. I'm like, no, but I ain't going nowhere unless God tell me. I pray. God be like, nope. <laughs> he sent me to two houses since I've been down here, and I ran them demons out. But all them other places, nope. <laughs> One lady had a ghost in the house. He said, don't you go in that house. He said, tell her how to do it herself. <laughs> I was like, but daddy, she don't know nothing about that. He said, will you teach her? I taught her. Don't you know she cast them demons out of her house? She cast them ghosts out of her house? Sometimes God don't want you to deal with stuff. It may be because you ain't on that level or yet, or you ain't anointed on that level yet, or he just don't want you to deal with it. This is why you got to be close to God. Many people have lost their lives going to Africa in the village dealing with the warlock or the, or the high priest voodoo person and never came back because they was Buck Willie. Instead of praying and asking God, should they go? You know what I'm saying? I used to tell people this joke. You know, there was like three people in a boat. Um, maybe y'all heard it before. <laughs> it was an Asian man, a black man, and a white man, right? They were all anointed, right? And um, they went and did, I forget how I used to say it, but they went and did something, right? And they all drowned, right? And um, only one of them, I believe it was the black man, that asked God, Lord, you know, why you didn't help us? Why you let us drown? And he was like, well, did you pray and ask me, should you get in the boat and go in the water in the first place? See? <laughs> so we have our own will. So a lot of times God will let you do what you do. 
People get killed because they're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Women get raped because they, you know, be with the wrong guy. They don't pray. You know what I'm saying? Men get killed by women. Look at that guy, Trouble. Why would you name yourself Trouble? It's beyond me. But the rapper down here, Trouble, he met the chick, right? He in the house chilling with her, right? They was in the, the bed. You know, whatever, whatever, right? And then I don't even know how the other dude got into the house, but he got in the house, right? He shot the rapper and killed him. Now, that rapper was in the wrong place at the wrong time and with the wrong female. He wasn't a god, so he didn't pray. His life is gone. If he was a man of God, he would have prayed. He wouldn't even be there. If he wasn't living in fornication, he wouldn't even be there today. So, see, you could put your own self with your own will in the wrong place at the wrong time and lose your life. You know what I mean? People wind up in jail, especially men, because they hanging out with these other guys that ain't no good, right? Cops catch him. He right there. He in jail, too. So this is why people need to get close to God. I mean, so close to God, you sticking to him like crazy glue. Worse than crazy glue. You be up in God's face, be like, you know what, Daddy? You ain't getting rid of me. I'm up in your face a day, all day. You're not getting rid of me, Daddy. You're going to hear my voice constantly. <laughs> I'm going to be calling out to you every day. If I can't find my shoes, I'm going to ask you where they at, Daddy. That's how close we're going to be. That's what the church needs to do today. And the church needs to wake up and start being the church that God wants us to be. We are the last church, you know, in, in our generation, our children. So we got to wake up and start being the church that we are meant to be for God. We got to start casting out demons. We got to stop being afraid to tell people, look, your lifestyle is not of the Lord and it's going to cast you somewhere that you don't want to be. So I'm trying to help you so you won't make it there. I'm trying to bring you to the foot of the light of Christ. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to hinder you. I'm not trying to take nothing from you. I'm just trying to give you life. I'm just trying to give you light. I'm just trying to give you the King Christ. That's what I'm trying to give you. You don't want it? That's on you. But but your blood not gonna be on my hand because my Lord told me to talk to you and I'm gonna talk to you. You know I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna be up in my church and afraid to speak to anybody living a foul life. Cause uh, IRS wanna come in, let them come in. I go on the ground and preach. Wherever I can preach, I'm gonna preach. I'm gonna preach. I'm not going to be afraid to say anything. And that's exactly how we all supposed to be. We're supposed to be bodacious in our Father. The Bible says we're supposed to be bold, not puffed up, but bold in our Father. You know what I'm saying? You go before the Messiah, he's going to be like, why you ain't do this? Why you ain't do this? But, 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 no, nah, ain't no buts. But, no, nah, ain't no buts. You were scared. Why don't you just admit it? You were scared. Tell your Messiah you were scared. Tell me you were scared. Now, I'm going to send you an abyss. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, come on, church, we got to wake up. We have to wake up. We have to become the church that God created us to be. We have to be. You prophets cannot be afraid to prophesy what God shows you and tells you to share. You can't be afraid to prophesy to the nations or what God tell you to tell an individual. <laughs> I used to run from God, <clears throat> excuse me, when he would give me stuff. He wouldn't give me no sleep. Just like he kept waking up Jeremiah, he kept doing me the same way until I would give the person a word. There's so many prophets because I deal with them all the time. Apostle, can you can you, can you you say this word for me? And I'm like, no, God didn't give it to me. He gave it to you. But, you know, I'm not. You say it. You say it. Either they say it or they don't say it. 
you know, because God is greedy with his prophets because his prophets aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Apostles, his apostles ain't doing what they're supposed to do. You know, I mean, people are apostles that ain't meant to be apostles. People are prophets that ain't a prophet. We all could prophesy in part. You know, you can read the scriptures and prophesy the scriptures. We all could do that. But God makes a prophet himself. And then puts the prophet in the womb. You don't need to go to school to learn how to be a prophet. Now, going to school to, you know, help yourself to be mature, because a lot of prophets are very sensitive. <clears throat> some of them are very immature. And some of them are not knowledgeable in the word. So a school for the prophet would be good for that manner to teach them, help them learn the word, mature them, you know, help them not to be afraid to speak the word, help, help them to be more balanced in God. You know, maybe some mentorship they may need. But nobody needs to go to school to be a prophet because God is the only one who makes a prophet. Either you're a prophet or a seer or arbitrary prophet or one of those prophets that um, write prophecies down through poems and stuff. If you don't have none of that, then you're not a prophet. But we can all prophesy in part. Like I said, you can read you can read a scripture and prophesy it over your life or anyone else's life, and it could come to pass because the word of God is volatile and it's alive. You know, so anything that's alive and volatile in the Lord will always work for you. You know what I'm saying? It will always work for you. You can channel the en- energy of the Lord through it. Because when we read the word, the word channeling, people don't even like to use that word because the New Age people use it. And the New Age people have, have hijacked so much from us, like reincarnation, all of that, right? But when you're reading the word of God, the Lord even told me this. When you're reading the word, you're channeling his energy. God is an energy. He is a force to be reckoned with. And so is the Ruach, Holy Spirit. And so is Yeshua. They are energy beings, right? So when you read the word of God, you, you, you are channeling his energy. This is why he can talk to you while you're reading his word. This is why when you speak in tongues, you're speaking in your heavenly language. You are channeling the energy of God, the Ruach and the Holy Spirit, so they can answer you by fire. Sometimes when I speak in tongues, I, I, my whole body get hot. It's like I'm on fire. When I ask God to give me his glory fire, I feel my whole body penetrating in heat. That's his energy. I've seen God's energy. I've seen his light. It is, like, undescribable, right? But because you hear the word channeling, oh, that's new age. (laughs) Nah, when you read in the word of God, you are literally channeling his energy because his spirit is in the word. So his energy is in the word, too. When you speak in your heavenly tongues for those who can speak it, you are agreeing in the spirit with God. You are speaking the language that he knows. So you are channeling his energy. How do you think the demons... How you think the witches can channel the demons? They got to make Celtic crosses. They got to make altars. <laughs> they got to go hide in a tree in the forest <laughs> to call up Yada Thoth and demons. All we got to do is go sit in the chair and read the word. <laughs> Boom. We right there channeling the energy of the Father or talking to him. That's all we got to do. That's all we got to do. You know, they they have to go to the moon. Six o'clock every night, the channel through the moon, to bring up the demons, to come against people, to invade their gates, to steal their stuff. All we got to do is go to the Bible and pray to God, be like, Lord, take my key, lock my gates up. <laughs> you know, anything they try to get, put it back. And if they try, zap their butt with some fire. You know what I'm saying? Daddy, don't let the sun smite me by night. I mean by day or the moon by night. Because I know the witches use the sun and the moon to come against me. So if the moon is my friend, the sun is my friend, the major and senior elements are my friends, when they come against me, the elements will go against them instead. 
That's all we got to do is open our mouth and pray. Satan children got to do so much stuff, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but all we got to do is open up our mouths and pray. If we, if they want to spy on us, they send familiar spirits and demons. If we want to know what they're doing, all we got to do is ask God. He'll show it to you or he'll send somebody to tell you. Or he'll show you in the Word. A lot of people don't even know in the book of, um, what's that book? I wrote it. Wait, let me see if it's in my phone. I'm going to tell you something that a lot of people don't even know. You're going to be shocked. That's why you need to read the Word of God. You need to read it thoroughly because if you don't, you're going to miss something. Hold on. I think I put it in my um my phone. I just have to find it. Because he had me <laughs> reading it the other day, and I'm like, what? I said, I didn't read this before. Um, I believe it's, is it King? I think it's Kings 2, verses uh, 2. No, King, the book, the book of Kings 2, chapter 2, verses 6 to 14. I believe it's that one because he gave me a couple to read. And it tells you how Elijah split water twice, <laughs> like Moses. I said, Daddy, how many times have I read this? Why didn't I see this? He said, because your eyes weren't open to see it. <laughs> I was like, Elijah split water twice so him and Elisha can cross over to the other side. I believe it was the Jordan he split. I was like, no, he didn't. Yes, he did. And then Elijah, I mean, Elisha, the only reason why he got the uh, mantle and anointing from Elijah is because Elijah said, if you see God taking me, everybody, if you read that chapter, you will realize everybody on the planet at that time knew God was coming for Elijah. They knew. This was the kind of Christians we had back then. They dealt with God like that. They seen God. But the Bible tell you they didn't. But if you read Exodus 24, you'll see that 70 uh, elders and Aaron and all of them went up to the Mount Zion and had dinner with God. They had a business meeting. It's either Exodus 24, 26, or 27, right? So they tried, even Moses saw God, but they tried to tell you nobody could see God. I seen God. I seen Yah. I seen the Ruach. I'm still alive, right? So anyway, everybody at that time knew that God was coming to get Elijah to take him. So when Elisha asked Elijah, could he have his anointing, his mantle, he said to him, well, when God comes and get me, when Yahweh comes and get me, and you're there and you see it, then you shall get double portion. Mm. All right. Elisha went everywhere with him. He did not let him out of his sight. Right? And, um... I might be saying his name wrong, Elisha, Elijah, something like that, right? Um, so he went everywhere with him, right? So when God came and got him with the chariot, he he fell to the ground. He's like, my master, my master. He didn't want to leave, right? So he saw God take him. As God was taking Elijah, his mantle, God made his mantle drop out of his hand. <laughs> fell to the ground. Elisha got up, grabbed the mantle. He got double, so he was even more powerful than Elijah was. And if you read the book about him, you will learn he did way more exports than Elijah did. What? So the reason why God is letting us know about that is because God will transfer mantles. Somebody in your family was meant to be a prolific prophet. They didn't ever reach the destiny, right? So God gave it, let's see, your great-grandmother. Your great so then God gave it to 
the grandmother, same thing. So then God gave it to your mama. That's three mantles already, right? Mama stood in good. He gave it to you. That's four mantles. This is why you have some prophets that are so prolific, so accurate, very powerful in God, can change the atmosphere, change lives, raise the dead, heal the sick and the lame, because they carry more than one mantle. Because God cannot take the mantles back. Like somebody meant to be a pastor, they didn't do it. They died, right? Then then the next son come. He he didn't do it, he died. The daughter come. She decides to do it. She got their two mantles plus her own mantle. So she becomes a very powerful pastor. This is why there's some pastors that you can never throw under the bus because they have more than one mantle. Because God cannot take the mantles back. He cannot. They will pass on. So God could not allow Elijah to leave with his mantle. His mantle had to be left on this earth for someone else. So Elisha got it, and he got double portion. And he was more prolific and more powerful in God than Elijah ever was. Look at Solomon, right? His his daddy, King David, most one of the most powerful kings on the planet. But before him, you had Jess, and then you had, you had Boaz. They were very powerful, right? Even though they died in God, their mantles had to stay for King David, right? King David got it, right? He died, but his mantle had to stay for Solomon, right? Now Solomon's mantle was meant to be passed on, but it couldn't because of how Solomon died. So God had to bury Solomon's mantle until the next king came, and he rose up that king, and the mantle could go. Even King Nebuchadnezzar got Solomon's mantle because when God put him in the wilderness all that time and told the animals don't touch him, and he ate from the floor and the ground of the wilderness, he came out an anointed, powerful king of God. So God will give the mantles to the evil ones, but he will change them to righteousness to give them the mantle. So many of you listening to me and many who will listen to me, you probably got two and three, four mantles and you don't even know it because the devil busy beating your behind and you can't even recognize it. But he recognizes it, but he keeping you so busy in warfare, you can't recognize the mantle on your life. You can't recognize the anointing on your life. You can't recognize who you are in God because he keeps you battling. So what you got to do is, Lord, Show me how to beat the enemy. Show me how to overpower him so that I can take the time to learn who I am in you and what mantles I carry so I can utilize them on the earth for you and be the light of Christ for you and be the salt and savior, the flavor of the savior for you. That's why he come after us so much because he don't want you to know who you are. He keep you in battle constantly, constantly. So you, you, some people are in battle so much they can't even pray for other people. Because they have to utilize all the time they got to fight battles. And while you fight your battles and you don't even have time to pray for nobody else, all your other family members are dying. All the other people allotted to you are dying. Some people battle so much they get invited places they don't even want to go because they're so worn out, tired. Or they start thinking, oh, I'm not going to go because, you know, there may be a prophet there or there may be somebody there that will recognize I'm dealing with this demon and embarrass me. So what? Be embarrassed for the gospel. So what? God not going to send you somewhere for you to get embarrassed. He's going to cover you. I don't care how anointed that prophet is, how far they can see. They won't see that demon in you because God will protect you because he said to them on an assignment. God ain't going to send you somewhere to embarrass you and shame you. He's going to send you somewhere to lift you up. 
to glorify himself. That is what he's going to do. So you church folks, y'all need to start sitting down having some tea and a conversation with God to find out what you carry. How many mantles you carry? How heavy is your anointing? How much oil is flowing through you? And what's your assignment? And how to beat the enemy so that you can focus on what God wants you to do. See, once you learn how to slaughter, I said it, slaughter the enemy, game on. Because now he sees you know how to slaughter demons. You know how to slaughter the witches. You know how to slaughter them. Then he get afraid of you. Ah, she, he know now. He know how to battle. He know how to fight. I got to think twice. You want to get so bad and bodacious that demons have conversations in the underworld about you. They'll be like, you know what, that witch Wanda, she tried to send me to that um, woman um, over there named Linda. I was like, I beat the crap out of that witch. Because <laughs> I said to her, how dare you send me to her? Do you want me to die? That's how you want them to talk about you in the kingdom of darkness. In the underworld, you want your name to be so powerful in the kingdom of darkness, they'll be like, nope, I ain't messing with that one because I don't want to die right now. I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to lose my spirit right now. <laughs> I don't want to die by the hands of God right now. So I'm not going to mess with that one. I ain't going to go near that one. You want your name so powerful that even Yadathoth won't even mess with you. <laughs> he will watch you from a distance and hoping he can find a play to get in there. But he won't mess with you until he finds it. Because he know if he comes near daddy's jewel, it's done. He already know. You want your name to be that powerful in the kingdom of darkness that they fear the great Elohim. That they will come nowhere near you because the greater. You want witches to Scatter. Warlocks to scatter. When you go to places like Africa and Brazil and Colombia where the deep witchcraft is, you want the high priestess or high priest to know you coming. And they will run because they know you coming. Or they will prepare to fight and they will all die if they don't decide to accept Christ. You want to be so powerful when you do go up against these kind of people, you can convert them to God instead of letting them die in the hands of the devil. That's the kind of power you want to be. Now, to have that kind of power, you may have to go through a lot of stuff. But that's okay because God going to get you through it. You ain't going to lose your mind because you're going to have the mind of Christ. Ain't a bone or anything on your body going to be broken because it wasn't for y'all. And if it is broken, God will fix it. <laughs> if you get hurt in any way, fashion, he will heal you. He will be there. He will protect you. You'll have a special layer of protection and lots of warrior angels around you. So don't be fearful or scared to be who God has made you to be. Get serious with your father. Like I said, have some tea and have some tea and sit down and talk to him and be real with him. Snatch that weave out your head. Snatch that dye off of your hair. Snatch them dragon serpent lashes off your face. Be real with God. Be real with God. Cover up the cleavage in the booty. Stop dressing sexy. Stop shacking up. Stop fornicating, smoking, drinking, driving, dro- I mean, dropping like it's hot, partying, cheating on your taxes, gossiping, being a Jezebel, trying to run your husband when he's supposed to be the king, you the queen, you know, sharing the throne with him. No, but you trying to overthrow him. 
I'm saying, be real with God. Clean yourself up and be real with God so he can use you. He can't use you till you clean yourself up and be real with him. You give up your worldly things and your worldly living and your worldly thinking and, and, and put your flesh to sleep. Solidify that. Get your emotions in check. Get your feelings in check and realize it ain't about you. It's about the kingdom of God. Once you start doing that, he will gladly lose you, use you. Don't get jealous because somebody else decided to be virtuous, man or woman, you know, and they want to live right for God and God is powerfully using them. Don't get mad at them and try and tear them down their platform because all you're going to do is lose and wind up cursing dead, point blank. So get your own self together so God can use you. You might even be more powerful in God than that person that you're jealous of or trying to tear down, but you wouldn't know that. Because you won't get real with God. You don't want to have some tea and sit down and talk with God. All right. I didn't know I was going to be preaching that. <laughs> that was Mama Real. <laughs> she takes over. <laughs> I allow her to. All right. So now, I'm going to give y'all these two small teachers real quick. All right. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever heard of uh, Vampire. This stuff is real. I don't know how many of you have ever heard about psychic vampire attacks. I know you're like, what, Apostle? <laughs> psychic vampire attacks. I'm going to help you understand them in this small teaching I prepared. I was going to give it later on in the radio show another time. But, you know, it was. I guess it was meant for me to do it today. So, now, a psychic... Vampire. First of all, Father, name sure Jesus. There'll be no attacks against me or anyone that's listening to this because I'm teaching this knowledge that many probably don't know about. We are all covered with the blood of Shia and the warrior angels are around us. And anything that tries to come for us, the angels are going to crush them, crush them literally. And what's left of them, send it to the feet of Yah in Yeshua's name. We are covered in the blood in Yeshua's name. And any witches or anybody that's on here that's wicked, you better come over to the side of Christ. If not, woe unto your soul that harbors that body you're in, in Yeshua's name. And all arrows are sent back to the belonger that sent them, pent to them, in Yeshua's name, and they cannot come back, in Yeshua's name. Now, when a psychic attack takes place, the psychic vampire receives an energy surge while the victim experiences fatigue. Why you think they make movies about vampires? They really exist in the kingdom of darkness. They really do. You got vampires that come in people's dreams at night and suck their blood. I've had people tell me that they, they had this kind of dreams, and, it, and it's real. It's somebody coming in your dreams sucking your blood. Or they see, I had one person, they saw something that looked like a vampire with it, a tube hooked into them. That vampire was sucking their energy out, sucking the life force out of them. One second. All right, thank you. So now, people who suck the energy of others normally do so unwillingly. The sucking takes place when one's energy is depleted and needs to be replenished. A lot of these demons, like especially succubus demons, incubus demons, they come with vampire demons or they are vampire demons themselves, right? So um, so they deplete and need, they need to be replenished as a result. So they sucks the energy of another person. So these vampires, they constantly need to feed off of other people because if they don't, they can wither and die themselves. So it is not unusual, <coughs> excuse me, 
for a person who is ill or feeling inadequate emotionally to draw upon or deplete energized individuals of their life forces. Now, you have people who are energy vampires and they don't even know it. Like, you could be in a relationship, like you're a man, and the woman just sucks the life out of you. Or you're a female, and the man just sucks the life out of you. He's He or she's an energy vampire with an energy vampire spirit, and they don't even know it, right? Your kids can suck the energy out of you, and they could be energy vampires and don't even know it. People on your job, you know, um, people that that take advantage of you. Uh Family members that's constantly coming for money for you, you know that I have had I've had that happen to me twice. You know, like every time they get a job, something happen, they lose the job, and then here you go back helping them again. Or they got problems with the car, or they need help with a car. It's always something, right? And here you go again. They have a money vampire in them. That's what you call it, a money vampire. Because that money vampire is sucking your money, sucking you dry, sucking you dry. And when they have sucked you dry, then all of a sudden the relationship changes. They change on you. You don't hear from them no more because you ain't got nothing else to get them. Or you stop them from sucking your money and you tell them, I'm not giving you that. So you don't hear, you don't hear from them no more. But the moment you start getting money again, the energy, the money vampire sends them back because that money vampire wants to suck your money from you into their kingdom, because that person has a money vampire demon in them. So that person's in that kingdom and they don't even know it. So any money that person get, it goes right out of their hands. See, don't you get it? Every time they get a job, they lose it. Get a car, something happen. Get this, get something happen. So that money is being sucked out of them into the kingdom, the dark kingdom of darkness. So now these so-called suckers are not bad people. Not all of them. Some are and some aren't. You know, some of them are not aware or even conscious on that level that they are doing this and that they have a money-sucking vampire or angie-sucking vampire in them. Still, their unknowingly actions can play havoc with anyone who leaves an energetic opening for this type of thievery. It is important for all of you to know, to be aware of, that many may be susceptible to having to, to, to having um, energy stolen from them, and you need to learn ways to protect yourself, which is through God, but there's things that you could do as well. Now, the harm of a psychic attack is that there is no fair exchange of energy, and therefore one feels depleted while the other becomes energized. So, like, um, like you get into an argument with somebody, and um, they may have gotten the best of you, and you are worn out. And t- like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a good example. You get into it with, with some friends or whatever, you know, or your boyfriend. You break up with your boyfriend, right, and you all upset, you all sad and exhausted, and he out there partying and dropping it like it's hot. <laughs> he ain't missing you, he ain't staying you. He don't wink, I'm another girlfriend. That's a vampire. He done sucked everything, especially women, because women, they so foolish sometimes. They they take care of a man. They, uh, I mean, it ain't nothing wrong with helping your man. It got to be 50-50. It can't be 100 you or, or, or 100 him. If it's 100 him, it's because he choose to. So if he choose, you know, to marry you and he want to take care of you and you don't got to work, you don't have to have no business, you know, if, if he just wants you to chill and keep the house, be pretty, 
maybe have a baby or two, <laughs> you know, adopt some kids, raise some kids, you know what I'm saying? Or he might want you to just have a, a little business, and he can afford that, then that's all right, you know? But if he's the type of man, he ain't working, he always driving your car. When you at work, he's driving chicks around in your car. You paying all the bills, you supporting him, you buying his clothes, his shoes, his drawers, you know, everything. Or he working, but he ain't contributing to nothing. That's a money vampire. And that's an energy vampire because that would take a lot of energy out of a woman or out of a man if he wants his wife to work to help out and she don't want to do it. That's not, your money's just not being drained and, and energized from you. Your life is, your existence is because you constantly having all this pressure on you and you constantly being used by this other person. You're constantly pleading with them and they don't want to do it and they get worse. It's literally drawing your energy out of you. So they got the energy vampire, then they got the money drainer, uh, money drain vampire in them. And then they got the user drainer. It's also called, it's a, well, how do you say, how do you say that? It's a demon that uses you to draw your energy. Like, so somebody's using you constantly to draw your energy. You know, they like always come to you for this, come to you for that. But Uh, I hope everybody can hear me. Sister Pat, I know you're listening. Or Serena, can somebody text me and let me know you can hear me? She's double messing with me because I'm taking y'all something. <laughs> that he don't want you to know. Hey, oh, my daughter's texting me. Oh, you can hear me? Wait, hello, sweet mother. We can't hear you. Oh, you can hear me? Okay, you can hear me, Serena? Okay, Serena, I got to give you my phone number, boo-boo. I keep forgetting to give you my phone number, sweetie. I get it to you because you be trying to hit me up on Instagram. <laughs> you want that status now, Serena. You can get my number. <laughs> All right. Um, so, look, the enemy want to cut me off because I'm teaching y'all something y'all need to know. <laughs> I just, look, I love it. I love it when he gets mad like that. Well, I'm messing with me because I know I'm doing something right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Daddy. I'm back on. I give you glory and honor in shoes name. Mamaru, set him on fire in shoes name. <laughs> All right, so now, did I skip that? Did I read that part? Uh, okay, yeah, I did. Okay, now, the harm in a psychic attack is that there is no fair exchange of energy and therefore one feels depleted while the other becomes energized so have you ever walked away from an argument and you like all exhausted and tired and mad and the other person act like ain't nothing happened you looking at them like what <laughs> seriously right you break up with a dude or you break up with a girl and, and they got a, a new boyfriend new girlfriend already you all hurt <laughs> oh great number of vampires right so now Traits of a psychic vampire, whether they are knowingly or unknowingly, you experience feelings of abandonment or rejection. So if someone purposely abandons you or rejects you, they are definitely an energy vampire and they don't even know it because rejection is very powerful. When a person gets rejected, do you know how much energy is drawn from you because you're at your lowest level? When you get abandoned or rejected, you are at your lowest level. When you are depressed, full of anxiety, 
sadness, you're at your lowest level. When you're trying to think about taking your life, those suicide demons are energy vampires, but they're death energy vampires. They suck your energy out through death by causing you to kill your own self. Because, see, if they don't get energy from the humans, they will die themselves. Spiritually, their spirits will die because they can only live because of energy that they get. So this is why suicide is coming rampant. I told y'all last year God said it was going to happen. This is why these demons are killing people left and right, making them kill themselves, because they, they want to survive. Right? So being abandoned and rejected, oh, that's like a person's lowest level and being depressed. Do you know how much energy you lose being that way? That's why I try to teach people constantly. You know, we can't help in life that people reject us or abandon us. We can't help that people cut us off because we've done it ourselves, right? We can't help that somebody may not like you or if they start out liking you and they turn out not to like you. You can't help it if you get with a dude, you know, and you didn't pray about him and you get with him and he wanted to leave you for somebody else and a man get with a woman, he didn't pray about it. And he wanted to leave them for somebody else. Or you marry them and they cheat on you because you didn't pray. You didn't ask God if they was right. God wouldn't give you somebody that's going to cheat on you, right? Being married to somebody, being engaged to being a boyfriend, girlfriend to someone, and you find out that they cheated on you, that is the worst feeling ever. You lose a lot of energy with that because your emotions are all balled up and tangled up. It's like a web with an energy spider sucking it all out because you're so dismayed. You're crying, you can't concentrate, you're in regret. You're like, God, why? And he's looking at you like, did you ask me? Should you marry him? Did you ask me? Should you marry her? Did, did, did you consider me before you got to that fornication relationship? That's what he's saying to you. You know, you steady crying, God, why does this keep happening to me? Because you keep fornicating, you keep having sex and you're not married, you keep shacking up and you're not married. And you're not considering me. You're not asking me anything. So this is why this is happening to you on a regular basis. And the more this happens to you, the more energy you lose. This is why some women start out straight women and some men start out straight men. But they get so hurt, used, and abused by men, and then the men get so hurt, used, and abused by women. What do they do? They turn to the opposite sex. Everybody's not born a eunuch. Some of these lesbian gay people, they started out straight. Or they'll start dipping and dabbing and become bisexuals. And then eventually they go to the other side. That homosexual energy vampire demon has drawn them to the other side to suck the life out of them. This is why a lot of transgenders die at early ages. This is why a lot of homosexuals and lesbian women die. Do your research. They don't live long. Lesbians, homosexuals, Bisexuals and transgenders, they don't live long. They either die by their own hand or they die in other diabolical ways or through illnesses or diseases. Do your studies like I did. That's a vampire that sucked the life out of them. If you are, if you are a person, if if you're dealing with a person that needs constant reassurance, energy vampire. If you're dealing with somebody that never feels satisfied, no matter what you do for them, they're never, ever satisfied, energy vampire. If you are dealing with someone that seeks nurturing, they always want to kill themselves every time you try to leave them. <laughs> or they tell you they can't live without you or they can't do without you. Or they do crazy things just to keep you. 
or they constantly want to be up under you. I can't stand somebody to constantly want to be up under me. Go away. <laughs> I don't like that. You know, some people like being needy. Some people like a person needing them. I don't like that. So if the person is a needy person, very needy, energy vampire. If you feel low fatigue, you're tired all the time, something's sucking your energy either spiritually or in the physical spiritually, right? So now each of us has a psychic vampire tendency. Thank God I don't. If I did, he took it. <laughs> I love being with him by myself. <laughs> I've got to the point where I don't even like being around people unless I have to, to preach, teach, conference, whatever that is, you know, whatever I got to do. You know, I'm content being with a small group of people, it's, it's not that, you know, my family, or just me and God. If it was just me and God and Ruach hosted, I know for a fact I would be happy and I would not go out my mind from being alone <laughs> physically because I have them, you know. That's just how it is now, right? So most everybody has a vampire tendency to drain from other people that sometimes needs to be put into check. Now, find out if your energy boundaries are blurred by taking what I'm about to say to you. So, symptoms of psychic attack. We all have an aura, and I taught y'all that. That's not new age. That's facts because it's in your chakra. If you get my book, um, Let Eloise Fix Your Chakras on Barnes and Nobles, you'll see that. So, you can have a leaky or diminishing aura. How do you get a leaky or diminishing aura? Because your chakras can get out of whack. They can get out of place. You have two wheels that's supposed to turn to the right, to the left, but they may only turn to the left or they may be stuck because the demon's sitting on it, right? Your aura is part of your light. It's part of your energy. So if it's being drained, it's going to be diminished and leaky. And when it happens to you, you'll be off balance um, emotionally, physically, and mentally, and spiritually, and soulishly, right? So those are signs. You could be under energy attack, dizziness, like you like dealing with vertigo or Manera, where you got to get on medication. You know, that's a disease, but it's not of God. That's something sucking your energy. Or if you just get dizzy out the blue, loss of energy. That's a number one sign. You sleep for eight ten hours and you wake up still tired, still tired. You wake up still tired. Now, I can see if you're going to bed because, you know, sometimes I'm up talking to God till 11, 12 o'clock. Oh, I'm watching this Christian movie I want to finish. I'm like half asleep trying to watch it, right? Or I'm up doing a book or I'm up writing songs or practicing, singing something. I'm doing something, right? And I may go to bed 11, 12 o'clock. And then I, I, I want to wake up early, like 5 or 6, because I like to pray to God when the honeydew is out, right? <laughs> Then maybe eight, nine hours later, I'm ready to take a nap, right? Now, if I went to go to bed like 9 or 10 o'clock and I wake up 5 or 6, then eight, nine hours later, I should be perky with energy. But because I only got five or six hours sleep, of course, eight, nine hours later, I'm going to take a nap. But if you are a person that gets anywhere from eight to 12 hours of sleep and you wake up tired and you stay tired all through the day, that's loss of energy. Something is draining you spiritually or physically in the spiritual, you know, using the human. 
if you have muscle tensions, if you're a person that has, like, arthritis or you constantly have muscle spasms, muscle problems. Now, people could be having these things from a, a prior in, in injury, got car accident, or whatever. But if you have never been in any of these things and your body just achy all the time, you don't know why, you know, arthritis just came, you know, out of the blue, you got muscle spasm, you got nerve pain, and, you know, you never had, you know, any accidents or anything like that, that's a demon, an energy demon drawing your energy from you. If you have mental confusion, like, you just get confused. Not like brain freeze, because brain, I call it brain freeze because you could be talking about something, then you just be like, wait a minute, <laughs> forget, or you start talking about something else and you forget it, or somebody gets your attention, you be like, what would I just say? Because sometime on my uh, lives, I'll be, you know, somebody will say something to me that asks for a prayer, and I get distracted, and then I can't remember. I'll be like, y'all, what, what was I saying? Oh, I saw Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, you you guys or the Holy Spirit will tell me. But I'm saying, like, if you are just always mentally confused, incoherent, you know, you just walking around in the days. You just don't know what's going on with you. You're depressed. You're feeling down. You're feeling sad. You just can't get it together, you know. That's mental confusion, you know, or or, or you, like, always being bombarded with arguing with somebody in the family, you know, on your job, you know, that's an energy sucker right there, demon. If you have a constant headaches, migraines, they're shooting energy drain arrows at you. So what happens is when that arrow hits you, it instantly draws your energy, and your body reacts to it by giving you a headache. I'm not a doctor. So don't take me as that. I, I got a divinity in heaven, but I don't got no doctor in on earth. <laughs> I just learned this from God, right? So what they do is they send an arrow, and they have an energy vampire demon at the tip of that arrow. When that arrow hits your head, it draws so much energy out of you, your body reacts with a migraine or a headache. Like you get a headache out the blue. Now, sometimes you get a headache I'm not talking migraines. I'm talking about just a regular headache. Sometimes you'll get a headache because you could be stressed or you're tired because you need to sleep or you're hungry, right? But migraines, I mean, I knew people back in the day that had to take medicine for these doggone things because there's no cure for it. You know why? Because it's an energy vampire sending arrows at you or coming in itself and sucking so much energy out of you, your body reacts. It's like it's like a, let me see, how can I explain it, Daddy? Um, it's like a light bulb, let's say. Okay, you just put a new light bulb in the lamp, right? But that electricity in that lamp is so powerful, it sucked the energy out so fast it blew the light. So that's what happens with your body. They suck so much out of you, it like literally blows a socket. And it reacts by you having a migraine. So any of you dealing with migraines, you might want to start praying against an energy vampire that's sending owls or it's coming itself at night when you sleep or during the day when you're driving. You could be driving or sitting somewhere, then boom, this migraine comes out of nowhere. That's because somebody just sent that arrow to you to suck that energy. And that arrow will take your energy that quick, like a snack of a finger. So what you got to do, you got to be like, you know what? You energy vampire demon or you energy vampire arrow. 
every bit of energy that you took from me, let it swallow you up and kill you and drain you and your shoe is name. And affliction will not come to me again. I bind you up with the blood of Yeshua Jesus. And I curse you to be under the foot of Yah. May he stop all over you and destroy you in Yeshua's name. May you vaporize like energy in Yeshua's name. Then you say, Father, that energy that was just taken from me, can you give it back to me double full? Every day I wake up, I'll be like, God, anything that try to take any energy from me, because you never know. You you live in life, you live in good with God. You live in right with God. But the devil can still touch you because the Bible says so. It waits till you go to sleep. It's no, uh, so terrible. And, and nobody's exempt from him. So I wake up, I be like, God, anything that tried to take my energy or tried to hook up to my life core or tried to hook up to me, you know, I even pray this for my children to they learn, you know, um, Father God, can you give that energy back to us, double full? And if anything took it, can you let that energy be turned on them and destroy them, let them vanquish like energy in Yeshua's name? And he'll do it, right? He'll do it. Um, if you have chronic fatigue, like, you, like, fatigue all the time, no matter how much you sleep, no matter what you eat, no matter what you do. Because sometimes people could be tired. Also, you could be tired of fatigue because you're not eating right. You know what I mean? Or you gain too much weight. You need to exercise. You know, you could get fatigued from being in the heat. But I'm just saying, if it's like, if this is constant, you're waking up this way, you're going to sleep this way, there's a problem spiritually somewhere, Right? Um, if you have sleep disturbance, if you're a person who can't, you got to take something to go to sleep, um, insomnia, you know, stuff like that, that's a demon drawing energy from you to the point where you can't even sleep. You can't even be at peace in your own body and mind because your energy is being sucked out of you constantly. So you can't even sleep. It's like it's like when you get insomnia, it's like it's like um, an orange dried up with no juice. You have no sleepy juice in you to go to sleep. So if you're a person having problems with sleep, it might be a demon. You know, sometimes people can't sleep because they might have chronic pain from an accident or something, you know, nerve problems from an accident. But if you've got nerve problems and irregularities in your body and none of this stuff has ever happened to you, that is a energy demon. So if you're a person that gets disturbed with your sleep, you might want to pray about that. Um, irritability. If your person is always irritable, evil, mean. You know, I've dealt with some mean people. I used to ask them, why are you so mean? They couldn't even answer me. <laughs> I'm like, have you ever thought about trying to be happy in God? I mean, really, it only takes a few minutes just to try to be happy. You put so much energy in being evil and mean. Do you imagine if you could put that in being happy how your life would be? <laughs> So when you come across people who are irritable, mean, evil, always grumpy, want to argue, always complaining and murmuring, they are an energy vampire. But if it's you that's that way, there's something sucking the energy out of you. Depressed all the time, anxiety all the time, you just can't get yourself out of it. I went through depression. I, I even have a book out about it. It's on um, Barnes & Nobles. I don't have my testimony in there, but I put um, good teaching in there for the stuff that I went through that God taught me to get out of depression. I had never, ever had depression in my entire life until I came to God. <laughs> I dealt with it twice. I had it for four months when I broke up with my um, 
first fiance, and then I had it with the second fiance that tried to kill me. I had depression for like five months with him. And then the other guy, when I broke up with him, and I'm the one that broke up with him, but, you know, it still affected me. I had that for four months, and then I was being attacked so bad, you know, back in 2013 when I first came out. I was being attacked so bad. I didn't know how to handle it because I had never went through anything like that before. I wasn't used to people attacking me like that. I wasn't used to witches trying to take my life and my sleep. You know, I wasn't used to demons coming and pulling me out my bed and seeing angels come and smack the crap out of them. <laughs> I wasn't used to this kind of stuff. You know, so I got depressed and I didn't I didn't even know I was depressed. I didn't want to go outside. You know, I was ordering food, ordering groceries or having somebody go and get it for me. I was still able that's the strangest thing. I was still able to pray. I spent so much time with God. I spent so much time in the word. I was even, you know, taking care of my blogs. I was even showing up on the the little platforms I had at that time. Nobody knew I was depressed. Weeks would go by and would not go out the house. My kids, you know, come and see me. You know, Mommy, you okay? You know. So sometimes you could be in depression and the person don't even know it. And that happened to me twice in my early stages of being with God, and I had never dealt with anything like that. Almost one time I did. When I was in the world, I was working for a place called Magellan, and we used to talk people out of suicide. And I would never recommend doing, I, I mean, I'm saying I'll never do that again, because when you're talking people out of suicide, that spirit could jump on you. Like, I ain't want to kill myself or nothing, but, but when you have the spirit of suicide, you also have the spirit of anxiety and depression, Right? And you have the spirit of fatigue, you have the spirit of tiredness, you have the spirit of mental confusion, right? So when you're busy talking people out of suicide, and you ain't living right, I mean, I used to pray before I got on the phone with people, but you ain't living right, that those spirits will affect you. So I had to, so I took a leave of absence for three months from my job, and I just told him I was depressed. I lied. <laughs> you know, I was half foot in with God back then. I lied. I just told him, you know, because they had these programs where you could just take some time off because, you know, you're talking people out of suicide. You know, so they know your mind needs to rest, right? I took three months off, but I had to go to, I had to go to the psychologist, you know, to play it off, right? Talk to the psychologist, right? And then, you know, they try and give you some medicine, and then you go and get it and throw it in the garbage, which is what I did. <laughs> you know, you had to pretend like you was getting a prescription because you was getting, um, what do they call that, the element family lead disability? I was getting like 65%, right? So, you know, you had to you had to go to that doctor, I think it was once every two weeks or once a week, and you had to get the prescription from the psychologist. And I went to school for psychology, right? And you had to get the prescription, and you and, and you had to go to the pharmacy and get that prescription, and then you just throw it in the garbage because you're going to take that medicine. That medicine going to make you crazy. <laughs> you take the medicine. You know, so I played it for like three months, you know, and I tried to play it, play it for a four-month, but they, you know, threatened to fire my butt. So <laughs> I had to come back, right? Even the psychologist, she was like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just, you know, a little tired from, you know, talking people out of suicide. She was like, but, you know, I'm going to sign up for you and let you get these three months so that your mind can rest so that nothing else can come about. You know, she knew I was playing the system, but she went for it, you know, because she's getting paid too. And every time they write that prescription, do you know how much a doctor, especially psychiatrist, because I used to deal with psychiatrists, 
because I was talking to people out of suicide, you know, so I would deal with the doctors. They used to get three to $500 just for writing a prescription. I used to deal with people who had schizophrenia. They didn't even have medicine for them. And then just before I left that, that type of environment, they came out with a shot. But it was $50,000. You would get it once a month. And the insurance companies, you know, wouldn't cover it. So only the rich people, kids, or, you know, rich people could get it. And they would get this shot, and they would be just as sane as they want to be. Let that shot wear off. You can't find them. Seven personalities coming out of them. You can't, you, and a lot of schizophrenia, when I was dealing with them at Magellan, I learned a lot of them, they disappear. They just walk off and you never see them again. Or they'll walk off and drop themselves in a river or just kill themselves. Or they'll walk off and start a whole new life and you'll never hear from them again. That's how dangerous being a schizophrenia is because they have like eight and ten personalities in them. And and sometimes they can have murder spirits in them, um, terrorist spirits in them, all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I just played the system. It took them three months off. So, I wasn't really depressed then. I just wanted to get out of there because, you know, it was affecting my head. You know, the psychologist, she just played along. She played my game with me. (laughs) So one time in the natural world and two times coming with God, I did get depressed, but I didn't have to take any medication because God was with me and he was delivering me. And I'm not ashamed. I've talked about this before. I'm not ashamed to admit that I did dealt with depression twice from breakups and played like I was depressed when I was in the world because it happens to the best of us. And if you can admit those things and testify how God healed you from them, it can help somebody else that's going through that. And that's why I wrote the book. It's on Barnes and Nobles. I don't have the book in front of me, but it's a beautiful book. It's green and blue, and it talks about deliverance from anxiety and depression. Yeah. And then I have another one about to come out that's really deep. That's really going to help people, God said. Um, I've already edited. I just got to do the book cover. I have like seven books I've already edited, and I have one book cover, another six. I don't have one yet. I got to, you know, either get somebody else to do it or do it myself. So I have seven books waiting to come out. So you guys, you know, you're going to get these great books when they come out. I have three sci-fi books. I'm going to tell you the name of them. Um, they're like 40, 50 pages each. One is called um, Adam and Eve, and then the other one is called Adventures of Uriel. That's one of uh, Lucifer's names. And then the third one is the Trip series, A Journey to Heaven. Those are three sci-fi books coming out. Then I have my Waiting in God's Room. I refurbished that, and that's coming out because everybody liked that one. And then I have another sci-fi book I'm working on called God's Faithful. And then I have another book that's coming out, Why Others Matter. You know, because I got attacked so much and gang stalked so much. I said, I'm going to write a book so people can learn how to treat (coughs) other people correctly. It makes no sense. And then um, I have another book. It's called 2013 to 2022, Revive Holy Holy Fire Prayers. It's about 240 pages. It also has a 21-day fasting and prayer thing that's very powerful that I used back in 2013 as I found this book in my email, <laughs> right? So I think those are – and then, of course, my homosexual book, but I got to finish um, – 
edit it, and I'm going to take the word homosexual out of it. <laughs> I'm going to change it to something else. So, you know, so you can, like, kind of hide it off, because that's how you got to do sometimes with the devil. You got to hide stuff a little bit, like he do, put it right before you behind it. <laughs> that's what I got to do. All right, so now, um, also, if you have physical illness, like, okay, let's say you have physical illness, right? You keep going to the doctor, 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 doctor. And they cannot find nothing wrong with you, right? I mean nothing. That's the energy vampire because your sickness is feeding them. That's why you're sick. So any of you dealing with depression, irritability, sleep disturbance, chronic fatigue, headaches, mental confusion, muscle tendencies, Loss of energy, dizziness, you're always being diminished, right? Um, mood swings and physical illness that's spiritual, that feels physical and you can't get no deliverance from it, you know, no doctor can help you, you most likely have energy vampires. So I gave a prayer earlier um, about it, and you, you could say that prayer, and then you could, you know, sit down and talk to God, and he will deliver you. Right? So now, protection, I'm going to give you a little things so you can learn, you know, start off with. Now, protection against psychic attacks. A highly sensitive person are especially at risk of, of being harmed by energy drains. The following ways can protect you from the effects of a psychic attack. Awareness. Become aware of which individuals deplete your energy and limit your contact with them. These are physical people. Before you go to bed, you invoke the blood of Yeshua Jesus, you invoke the power of Yahweh, and you invoke the fire and the legions, angelic force of the Holy Spirit, and you invoke the light of Christ. Envision yourself with him around you and his light around you and surrounding your whole energy field and your aura field, which is your chakras, right? So now, this information that I just gave you is not intended to treat you. <laughs> it's just to give you educational knowledge from the Lord. I'm not diagnosing you or treating you. I'm not no doctor. You know, if you need to seek a doctor, you seek a doctor. If you got some health issues, you go to a doctor. See, I have to say these kind of things because people are crazy. They will try to sue you. So when I'm teaching these kind of things, you got, when it comes to your bodies, you know, like I got a book somewhere. I got to find it. I don't know if I published it or not. <laughs> I can't remember, right? But it, I taught about it, and I went through every part of your body. It might be in my um, Elohim Fix Your Chakra book. It might be in there. Um, but I know I had wrote it, and it was like a 40-page book, and I had taught it, and then the Lord was like turned to a book. So I think I mixed it in let Eloise fix your chakras, I'm not sure. But I got to find it because I have it. And I taught about every part of the body because that's what God gave me. And lots of people got deliverance. This was about five years ago. So it might be in my Eloise fix your chakra book, so you might go check it out because it might be in there. It describes every part of your body and how it's connected to Christ. It's amazing, right? But um, when anything, anytime you talk about the body, like, I was told that when I told the people about the vitamins that God told me to take to prevent COVID, if I would have gave a disclaimer, YouTube wouldn't have took my video down. But because I did give a disclaimer, they took it down. 
was like, oh, okay. So now, you know, when I give stuff about the uh, about the the body, like on this radio show, on YouTube, you know, whatever, whatever, in person, I have to say these things so I won't get get in trouble if somebody trying to sue me. You know. Now, when I write my books, I don't gotta say that. Well, some of them I do, like in my copyright part in the beginning. Some of them I do, like my anxiety books and stuff like that to get people delivered. I put them, I put it in 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 there. Um. All right. So now, here's some more information on how to protect yourself from psychic attacks. Like I said before, psychic attack is sending of negative energy with the conscious or unconscious intention to inflict harm upon a person or their family. You have energy demons that go through the entire family or energy vampires, spirits that go through the whole family. Such such harm can include the emotional, physical, spiritual, or mental or soulish state of a person. These negative energies are typically projected in the form of thought based on jealousy, envy, Anger and other emotions. This Jezebel, which is Isabel, which is her real name. I don't know where the Jezebel, the J came from. She is also an energy vampire because she wants to take your entire life over. And she wants to suck, meaning drain the anointing out of you into herself to make her anointed because she has none. Right? And the, I wrote a, a whole chapter about Jezebel in... Um, a book, what is it called? I believe it's called the um, Satan Witches and the Caldonian Pots, which is on Amazon. That's a very good book to get delivered from witches and, and learn about how they use their Caldonian Pots. and Caldon, It's Caldones and Caldonian Pots and stuff. You'd be amazed. And then there's a nice little chapter in the back about Jezebel and tons of deliverance prayers from that book, right? But one of the things that Isabel does, Jez, a.k.a. Jezebel, she is a very jealous individual, right, from the get-go. So if she, if she, if she even knows that you have um, any kind of a, anointing, she's coming for you. And she loves prophets. She loves prophets. That's why she killed, I think it was what, 400 or 700 prophets of God. Elijah was the only one. That was left, and as she killed them, she took their anointings as well, right? So one of Jezebel's moves is to become your friend first, right? Tell you everything about herself, hoping you will open up and tell her everything about yourself, or or Ahab works the same way with the men, right? Um, Or Ahab could come after the female as well. Right, and um, they want to be your best friend. They give you all kinds of gifts. You know, they keep you on the phone for three and four hours because I went through this with a Jezebel. Um, God delivered me from her. She was a Jezebel witch. If she's a witch, that's even worse, <laughs> right? Um, she wanted to keep you on the phone all the time, or she just wanted to keep all your attention. She starts to come between you and the children and the husband because you're spending so much time with her. Um, she starts to be more dominant force in your life, starts to take over more, starts to dictate to you and tell you what to do. Um, then she starts to alienate you or he'll alienate you from everybody. And then all of a sudden you'll start seeing her or him becoming friends with your friends 
and then your friends want nothing to do with you or they'll turn your family against you and be on their side. And once they do that, then they come in for the kill. And that's some will actually try to kill you physically or they will try to kill you spiritually and make you an empty shell. And when they have taken everything from you, some of them even want to take your spouse from you. Some will even take your children from you. They will take your business. They will take your money. So whatever they could get from you, once they get it, they're gone. And if they can't get it, what happens is they start doing the witch attacks when you go to sleep. They want to kill you because you weren't compliant with them. So if they can't get what they want out of you, they will come after you spiritually try to kill you, or they will turn everybody against you. They will lie on you. They will slander you. They will turn your life upside down. They will gang stalk you. They will go with other witches and Jezebels to come after you, to destroy you, because they couldn't get you. That's just a small portion of what a Jezebel is. If you want to know more, you can get that book, Satan, Witches, and the Caldonian Pots. On Am- uh, it's not on Amazon yet. I'm going to put it on there. But um, it's on Barnes & Noble. Okay. So now, jealousy is an energy vampire. When someone's jealous of you, they want to hurt you. They want to harm you. They even want to kill you. If you're beautiful, they want to take your beauty. They will try to scar your beauty. If you got a beautiful shape, they will try to do something to alter that. If you got a great husband, a great wife, a rich husband, a rich wife, a great marriage, they are going to want to destroy that and come against that. Envy is another drain sucker. <laughs> Anger, oh, my goodness, don't get angry. Oh, they will suck the life out of you when you get angry. When a person gets angry, they don't know how many demons they are opening themselves up to. Oh, my goodness. Goodness gracious. That is the worst thing. You know, and and I used to get mad real quick with people. Not no more. <laughs> Since I learned all this stuff, I'm like, Lord, help me. That's all I could do is ask God to help me. When you can't help yourself, the only one you could go to is God. If you can't help yourself, you got to be real with God. I can't help myself. I try. I can't do it. I need you to do it. And he will do it for you. He will take it straight out of you. The devil will tip you. He will try to make you angry. He will send people. Oh, trust me, he will come for you, right? But when he sent them, you be like, you know what? I ain't sent for you, so I'm going to send you back. I'm going to refund you back. <laughs> you know, don't even let the anger come out, right? You got to keep your emotions balanced. That's why I write books like on depression. and I got books on anger, you know, I, I have a coaching book out there that's on um, Amazon. You know, this is why I write about these things because these are things that God taught me and it delivered me and it helped me become a better person, a better woman, a better child of God, a better mother, a better friend, sister, brother, cousin, whatever, better servant of the Most High, right? So, I write these things so other people can be delivered. But if you put a book in front of people, especially black folks, they ain't going to read it. <laughs> so, you know, so sometimes you got to teach it a little. Then lead them to the book, you know. So you've got to have your emotions in balance because if you got emotions that are totally out of whack, you're in trouble. The devil going to beat up. He going to beat you up every day because he knows you're emotionally sensitive. And if he knows you're an angry person, Oh, he's going to beat you up. If he knows you're very jealous and envious and covetousness, he's going to always put somebody in your path for you to be that way, right? And if you have a Jezebelic, Isabelic nature, 
is going to always put women or men in your path that's going to cause that spirit to come out of you. Now, if you're a narcissist, right, anybody dealing with a narcissist, run. They are the biggest energy vampires ever. They see no wrong in themselves. They blame everybody else. Run and pray for them. Now, although there's no scientific evidence indicating anyone is capable of launching a psychic attack against another, behaving negatively toward others can have damaging effects on the targets. Okay. You see these people doing census murders. You see these homegrown cell terrorists that I warned y'all about a couple of years ago, going in Walmart, going here, there, whatever, schools, right? God forbid, killing people. They are murderer, death, energy, vampires. What they do is they go and kill innocent people. When you kill somebody, what happens? You suck the life out of them. They have untimely deaths. You, that person that killed them, the demon in them that's leading them to do that or however they were programmed at a younger age and then triggered, led them to do that. So when you murder somebody, you've snuck their life out. You've taken their energy cord. You have disconnected them from their life cord. You've took away their auras. You took away everything. You've drained the life out of them. They are no more. So this is why you see them go and program these people and they go and start shooting up everybody because they're taking the life forces out of them. And it's going somewhere in the spirit room. Because the majority of people who die that way, the children is because the parents aren't covering them right in prayer. And if they are praying for them, the parents ain't living right. Or the child, it's because you got kids seven years old and they little transgenders, they little, little gay children. Right? Or they or they have they fornicating, they smoking. Seven years old smoking weed now. <laughs> I mean, they disrespectful, like it's a it's a it's a commandment, I think it's what, five or seven? You know, you could you, you could die early and lose fifteen years of your life disrespecting your parents. If you got good parents. So there's all kinds of reasons why these children get killed. Right? And their entire life is just snuffed from them. Your life is your energy force. Life is in the blood. The blood is the energy force. The blood of God, the blood of the Ruach, the blood of Yeshua is an energy force that keeps us alive. If, some, if, if God forbid you get hurt and all your blood comes out of you, you're dead. You cannot survive without your blood. If something's wrong with your heart and the blood is not pumping right, you, you can lose your life. If somebody poisons you, God forbid, it gets in your blood. It taints the blood. It poisons the blood. It dries the blood up. You're gone. So life is in the blood. Life in the blood. Life is energy within the energy of the blood. Life is the energy within the energy of the blood. And the energy of the blood is our God. Without it, you cannot survive on this earth. You don't need it in spiritual realm, but you need it on this earth. Bet you won't see your blood. I bet you see your blood a different way from now on. <laughs> Just like when you go and give your blood away. God said we're really not supposed to do that, but just that's how the world is. You know, I had major surgery when I was a kid. I could have died when I was 15. I had to have six pints of blood to survive. I lost so much blood after the surgery. If I hadn't got six pints of blood, I'd be gone. I wouldn't be here right now. Right? So when I found out about we 
you get blood transfusions, how you got to break curses off of that blood, just like your own blood. But I was wanted. <laughs> and Daddy said we're not supposed to do that, but because of the way the world is, you know, he utilizes it to save lives that, that the devil's trying to take. But if you ever had a blood transfusion, you need to break every curse off of that like you did your own blood. Because when we take each other's blood, we're taking on the life force that's in the blood. God says life is in the blood. So we are taking on the life force of that entire generation of whoever that person is, blood. You don't even know who that is. And then check this out. Sometimes, like, okay, what is that, old blood? That red, Is it the old blood, that red blood, right? You can't mix that. That's a special blood. Then you got the RN factor, right? Let's say you take, um, we've got blood A, blood B. Let's let's say one pint of blood A has six different other people' blood in it because they could do that. You know, they take, okay, this person, all six of these people have blood A, right? So we can mix it together because it's the same blood, right? So you can have six different people' blood, and that one pint of blood that's going in you, I had six of them going in me. So let's say it was three different types of blood A's in these pints of blood, right? And I had six. What is that? Twenty-one different people. I'm not saying that's how many it was, but I'm just saying, right? So, so that could be twenty-one different life forces of generational blood going into your body, and whatever curses, idolatry, whatever they had on them. You have now adopted that blood, willfully or unwillfully, to save your life. So you get everything that comes with it. So this is why there's people out there right now who have had blood, blood, blood confusions and go through all kinds of stuff. They don't even know why because nobody's educating them in the church about these things. Why do you think Jehovah's Witnesses don't take blood? Now, I don't believe in that religion because they got a lot of crazy stuff. They wrote their own Bible, right? <laughs> And you, and if you're not Jehovah's Witness and you marry outside of that religion, they're going to kick your butt out. I know somebody that happened to. They might have changed. I don't know. But they still don't take blood. Why do you think they don't take blood? See, every religion, there's truth. Even in Islam, there's truth. Even in Scientology, there's truth. Every religion, even witchcraft, New Age, there's always Buddhism. Every religion has some type of truth in it mixed with lies. And the devil knows you'll never find that truth because you'll never go to investigate that because it's not of God. But sometimes God will see. See, I know a lot about Islam because I, 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 the Lord allowed me back in the day I had bought a Quran. He told me I was in the store. I wouldn't even write with him. He said, buy that. I said, why would I want to buy that? He said, you need to learn this because one day I'm going to use you to talk to Muslims. Sure enough, when I came to him back home, I used to go downtown every weekend because Muslims, they stay downtown in Newark. I don't know how it is now, but it was back then. They had lots of businesses, oils. I would go down there and talk to them, and I would convert some of the men, not just women, men. I would convert them, and they would give me audience, and they would listen to me. These kind of men don't want to hear nothing that a woman got to say. And they would listen to me because I was so knowledgeable about their religion. And they asked me, how you know? I read the Quran. And one man was like, how you read the Quran and get converted? Because my God told me to read it. That's why I didn't get converted. And I know who the true God is. They were astonished at how much I knew about their religion. So sometimes God will have you read up on other people's religion and use you to get them. How do you think I know India serves over 5 million gods? 
bread up on them. How do you think I know they worship cows and they walk through the streets? How do you think I know about the Geechee Indians that look like Africans that live in their own spots in India because they're not accepted? Because God led me to learn these things. I know so much about Africa. I know so much about the lost tribes. That's how I know it's like way more than 12. Because it gave me the, the ability to read it. It gave me the money to buy these expensive books. I even got maps, $100 maps, you know. So sometimes he will send you to these people religions to learn about it. So when you go to convert them, you know what they are doing. I had a friend. <laughs> she used to squat on Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> Back home, they would come and knock on your door. She's a squad on them. She would invite them in the house. Back then, you could do that. You know, fish with some tea, coffee, whatever. Give them a little donut. <laughs> she sit there. She listen to them, and she say, okay, now I gave you audience. Will you give me audience? And they say, yeah. She breaks out whole Bible. Before they leave, they done converted over to Christianity. Because <laughs> she knew their Bible better than they knew their own. And she would open their eyes to the truth of God. So, see, sometimes when you're trying to convert people and you don't know what they're dealing with, you don't know the religion, how can you compare? How can you compare? How can you show them that the light of Christ is better than the light that they think they're serving if you don't have knowledge of the other side? Just like Yadathoth is our number one nemesis. He's our number one enemy. You cannot fight your enemy until you know him. And you don't even got to know everything about him, just the basics. You cannot fight an enemy you do not know. You cannot strategize against them unless you study their offenses and defenses and their movements and their actions. And you've got to find their weaknesses in order to defeat the enemy. So sometimes God will send a person to learn other religions, to send them into the enemy's camp to bring the light of Christ to them and to bring them out of darkness into the light. So if God ever tell you, go read this, go read that, do it. He's going to cover your mind where nothing can convert you. Because you may need that knowledge. He's going to see you in the midst of these people. And you may need that knowledge so that they can pay attention and listen to you. All right, so that was Holy Spirit again. Okay, so we're going back. <laughs> right? So now, uh, a psychic attack can be influenced by someone whom the person already knows including friends or family members when harmful thoughts are sent unconsciously and jealousy. So your own family members could be vampires as well, money vampires, energy vampire, time-consuming um, vampires. Um, they could, uh, you know, always they could have the vagabond spirit. That's a that's an energy uh, a vampire because when a person has a vagabond spirit, they never stay in one place for too long. They leave this place for three months, that place six months. That, I mean, sometimes it happens, you know, it doesn't mean the person's a vagabond. They're just having trouble in life because the enemy's after them, and they need to get right. And until they get right, these things are going to happen to them. But a lot of homeless people have a vagabond spirit. And if you know somebody that's moving every three months or every month, every two months, or they're living with this person, living with that person, and they never had their own place before, that's the energy vampire. 
because that vampire is draining them to the point where they can't even be settled in life. They can't even be planted and rooted in life. They can't even have anything. They can't even have their own underwear. That's how bad it is. They can't even shower or wash. That's how bad it is. They can't even sleep good because they got to sleep in the street. Or if they sleep in a shelter, they got to sleep with everything they got because uh, uh, somebody could steal it. Women got to hug their children to make sure they don't get raped, go to the bathroom with them to protect them. That's energy vampires. Right? So, now. Hold on. A bully is an energy vampire. Somebody that's very bullyish and dominant over you is an energy vampire. Because what happens is when a bully is bullying a child or an adult is bullying somebody or a man could be an abuser to a woman beating her constantly or the woman could be abusive to him, right, or to the child, right, or the child to the parent because you got a lot of children that bully their parents, right? They're energy vampires because they're sucking your own confidence from you. You can't even be confident enough to stand up to the bully. You're such in fear of the bully. They're sucking the energy of your confidence out of you, your boldness out of you. They're making you so weak you can't even stand up to them. And when a man is constantly abusing a woman physically and um, verbally, he's sucking the life out of her. He's draining her confidence and her ability to be a woman and to be the woman that God wants her to be because he's beating her. He makes her so fearful of him to the point where she cannot function. When he comes home from work, she cringes. She's prepared for a beating because he beats her that bad. He's literally sucking the life out of her. And vice versa if it's a woman. Why someone might attack you, an energy vampire? Several motivation influences by an attacker. The attacker is jealous. You know, if the victim's life is progressing while the attacker is stagnant, the attacker is envious of the victim's looks or career, like I said earlier, or their life partner or environment or money-wise. The attacker is living in their, living in their dark side at the moment. The attacker lacks self-conviction and is living in fear. Those are energy vampires. So, so all those people who was gang stalking me on the YouTube, those are all energy vampires. All witches, they definitely have the energy vampire in them. Witches definitely have that. Because what they do is when they attack you and they slander you, right, what are they doing? They're taking the people away from you that's following you. So they're drawing energy from your ministry. They're taking, literally taking energy out of your ministry. When I went through those big attacks back in 2016, 17, 18, they took people from the ministry, but then God was like, they really didn't take anything from you, Rosalind. Those people were never for you from the get-go, so that's why they were easily led away. And some came back and apologized, and many did not apologize because God won't even let them get to me, so they just follow me and listen, right? So when you go through those kind of attacks, what they're doing is they're drawing the people from you. So they're energy vampires. They're t- drawing from your ministry. They are taking energy from your ministry. And they get that, and then before you know it, they have more people than you. Mm-hmm. It's happened to me a couple of times. 
I didn't know it. So I didn't know how to pray back then to, to get my energy back from, from that was taken from my ministry. But when I realized it, I prayed in and asked God to give me back. All, say this with me. All of you got ministries, platforms. You're going through a tax fight now. You, you're being shadow, shadow banned or gang stalking, YouTube harassing you, you know, harassing your channel, people harassing you. Be like, Father, in the name of sure Jesus, all these gang stalkers, these shadow bearing people, these witches, warlocks, whatever they are, that took energy from my ministry. Father, I ask you to withdraw it back from them, clean it up with the blood, and give it back to me. As a matter of fact, give it back to me triple fold for my trouble. And give all the energy back to my ministry. And seal it with the blood of Yeshua in my ministry. So affliction cannot come a second time. When somebody's trying to get you fired, they're trying to take the energy of your job from you. Most people, their job is their livelihood. It supports them. It takes care of them. So they're trying to withdraw the energy from your livelihood. They're trying to make you a pauper. They're trying to make you homeless. They're trying to drain you like somebody would drain an orange full of juice. They're trying to dry you up, make you an empty shell. So they're draining your job from you. If Let's say they want you, you're a manager, and they want that job. They want to drain that position from you and drain it to within themselves so that they can get it. I bet you you won't see life. I bet you you all who are listening to me right now and on, on and when it goes on Spotify and, and in the archives, you will never see your life the same again. Because when I learned this stuff, I never saw my life the same again. And I didn't look at people the right. I didn't look at people the same anymore. I instantly knew. I instantly know when the vampires around me. I instantly know it. I instantly know it. I instantly, I see it. I nip it right then and there. Like oh no, it's not happening. I cut you off, right? <laughs> um, so also, um, uh, the attacker is, oh, I already said that. Your looks, like, you know, being a pretty girl or a handsome man, you will definitely get energy vampires. They will suck your looks from you. Let me tell you something. When you're dealing with incubus or succubus, right, you could be the most purest thing, most finest handsome man on the planet. If you are dealing with that kind of spirit and you're not getting any type of deliverance, you're not going to God, people will see you as a monster. You may look beautiful, but when they see you, see you as a monster. Or you will attract these people, get relationships with them, all of a sudden they end because you're hideous to them. They don't, they don't want nothing to do with you anymore. That's because that incubus demon draw your beauty from you in the spirit realm. Now, if you're a woman that wears makeup, you are definitely hideously, hideously looking in the spiritual realm. You have no eyes, no lashes, no nose, and no lips because the marine, serene spirits take your eyes, your nose, and your lips, and sometimes the whole structure of your face because they get to spend seven years at a time on this earth. I taught this. They get to spend seven years, and so they need, they need, a, they need eyes. They need nose. They need beauty. Right? So women, God showed me this years ago. Women who wear makeup in the spiritual realm, you are hideous. You might not even have your face or your eyes. <laughs> women who wear the weaves in the spiritual realm or the fake hair, the braids, the hair dye, the primes, you have serpents in your head and you have no hair. You got a head full of serpents. All, a lot of women all over the world. White women wear little hair pieces too. Dye their hair, perm their hair. You ain't got no hair in the spirit realm. You got serpents in your hair. 
And I, I, and God is my witness. I am not lying because he showed it to me. You are heaviest in the spirit room. Women who like to show their breasts, body parts, in the spirit room, you don't have it. Marine spirit got it. And it utilizes on the earth. This is deep stuff. I'm telling you the truth. I taught this years ago. I'm telling you the truth. Read my books on Amazon. I got one, The Truth About the Marine Kingdom. Kingdom. Then I got another one called The Secrets of the Marine Kingdom and the Kingdom of Darkness. And then I got one on Barnes & Noble. It's blue with a sword on it. You need to get them books. That stuff is in there, what I'm telling you. You keep on buying that Chanel stuff, that Amorish them lace front wigs, weave, fake braids, dyeing your hair blonde and brunette, <laughs> and you black. You weren't born with that color. And most of the time when you get blonde and brunette hair as a black person, you mix. Because the average black person, their hair is either dark black, black, or dark brown. When we start getting these blonde colors, light brown color, that's because in our bloodline we've mixed with Caucasians or Spaniards, or another nationality. If you go to Africa, you study them people, most of their hair is dark, unless they dye it, or they mixed. Our eyes are meant to be dark brown or black, or sometimes a little hazel. Not green and blue, like some black people are, because we are mixed. In my bloodline, every second, third generation, somebody's born with blue eyes because of my grandmother, who was half Australian. And then my grandpa on my mama's side, he was half Dominican. And then her great-grandparents were half German and half black. So we got all different kind of color hair running in our family and eyes and skin tone. Black people are initially supposed to be black as tar. <laughs> if you were to see our ancestors, black as tar. Women's hair so long covered their breasts. Men locks to their shoulders. That's how black people really supposed to look. We ain't supposed to be fair skin, light skin, uh, long blonde curly hair, blue green eyes. That we're not supposed to be like that. It's because we mix, right? And our hair is supposed to be people call it nappy. But I call it coarse. You want to know why? Because God gave us that kind of hair, black people, to protect you from the sun. Everybody else's hair is not made like our hair. Their hair, this is why Caucasians and other people get skin cancer. Black people usually don't get skin cancer. But now because we mix it with other nationalities, we get their diseases. We get their diseases. We have more melatonin in than any other nationality. That's because we was the first ones here. And we was first made in the image of God. Then everybody else came later. Talk to your creator about it. He'll tell you just like he told me. Now, also, it is theorized that when negative energy is consciously sent to someone with intentions of inflicting harm, then what is sent is exactly will be attracted by the sender. Did y'all just hear that? I'm reading it again. It is theorized that when negative energy is constantly sent to someone with the intentions of inflicting harm, then what is sent is exactly what will be attracted by the sinner. When witches come in your dreams, 
they're coming to steal your energy. They're not just coming to hurt you because sometimes they, they, they can't hurt you. Sometimes they, they're not allowed to kill you. So they'll come and steal your energy. And God allows it because he needs you to see what that witch is and what that witch is doing. Whenever a witch is after me or witches, God shows me. And I actually know what to pray, and I pray, and they be gone. I've had witches in my dreams standing there staring at me from a distance. Couldn't come nowhere near me. I even had one witch I told her, I said, you better get out of here. You better run. She took off a couple times. So when you see witches in your dream and they're just staring at you, God is showing you there's a witch in your midst. She can't touch you because of him. But he letting you know she or he is in your midst. Start praying. Start warfaring. Fast. I'm protecting you, but you need to get rid of it. You see snakes in your dream? He let you know there's a bunch of wickedness around you. Bunch of wicked people. An attack is about to come. When you see serpents and snakes in your dream, that's an attack that's about to come. He's warning you so you can pray against it to stop it. You see rats and mice around you? He's letting you know there's some wishes and warlocks and so forth sniffing around you. You need to pray, go on warfare, and fast to get rid of them. Cat is another thing. The witch. You start seeing strange people in your dreams, witches, warlocks, wizards, juju people, Egyptian, mystic magic, moon magic, witches, Satanists, occultists. He's letting you know. Start praying and fasting. Cancel this because if you don't, it's coming. I'm protecting you, but if you don't do this, you're going to open the door. He's showing you. Sometimes he'll show you people in your life you're friends with. And you see them in the dream doing crazy stuff to you. What? He's showing you you're the enemy in the midst. You better let them go. Better cut them off. If you don't, they're going to hang you. He's letting you know. It's your will. It's your will. So that's why you better pay attention to your dreams. Because he be talking to you. So, and a lot of times, them demonic dreams, he be showing you stuff you need to be prepared for, people you need to get rid of. Stuff in your house you need to get rid of. I had a book in my house that a Muslim man wrote. I didn't even know he was a Muslim. Because he wrote about Christianity stuff and about the uh, Israelites. And I started getting attacked. And then my brother in the Lord, he said to me, God said you brought a book written by a Muslim man. I just was just, I was I, I was just so amazed. I was like, oh, my goodness, that's God talking to you. I found the book in my drawer, forgot about it. I anointed the book like God said, ripped it in half, threw it in the garbage. All those attacks went with it. So you got to be careful what books you buy. Before I buy books now, that God, I know you're leading me to them, but before I buy them, I'll be like, Daddy. I need to make sure this is you telling me, because some books that he had me buy, I'm not going to mention them because I don't want y'all to get them if he didn't anoint you to get them. I don't want to open no attacks to nobody. But some books he had me to buy be crazy <laughs> to me. I'll be like, Dad, this is crazy. You want me to read this? He's like, yes, Rosalind. And so I get it. I anoint it. I read it. And I find out so much. Like when I found out the stuff about Yadda. The guy who produces my music, very wise man, was telling me all this stuff. I'm like, 
God told me this too. I was like, but how do you know this? He said, well, God didn't tell me. And then he showed me this book, old, old ancient book, 200 and something dollar book. I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> so God said, I want you to get that book. I said, okay, you want to give me the money to get it? <laughs> so he gave me the money. And I got it, right? And I was scared to get it, but I got it. And I prayed over it and anointed it. I started reading that book, and it came alive to me. I was like, Father, stuff you've been telling me for years is in this book. And then other stuff is in the book. He said, now I want you to teach who he really is, Yadathoth. He said, I want you to tell him the truth about Adam and Eve. I want you to tell him that the flesh was made by the enemy and not me. That's why no flesh can survive before me. This is why I tell you to die to your flesh every day because I didn't make it. I want you to tell them why they fell into the hands of Yadadab. I want you to tell them that the Ruach created him without me because she wanted to create on her own to see what it felt like. I want you to tell them about the sons he has, the daughters he I want you to tell them. So I started telling y'all. Then in the book of Holy Spirit, the secret truth of the Holy Spirit, I have 54 pages I wrote about what I learned in the book. And I haven't even finished it. It's like 500 pages left. Well, I can't even imagine what else is in there. But I can't share that. I can't tell you the name of the book because he has to tell you the name of the book. He has to lead you to a person that could tell you the book like he did me because it's only for the ones that he anoints to know these things and teach it. Because when you start teaching these kind of things, Yadathoth is going to come for you and he's going to come heavy like he has done me. And if you were not anointed to do it, you'd be in trouble. Everybody's not anointed to do everybody else's work. Like some of y'all may have stuff I ain't, I'm not anointed to do. And I have to accept that. Right? But that's how I learned a lot of stuff from God and him giving me a book, putting my producer in front of me. He's from, he's from Ireland to make it. So all right, he's from Ireland. And he knows these things. And he loves God. Loves God. No, not Ireland. Holy Spirit just corrected me. He's Scottish because sometimes he wears those those long skirts with pants under it, <laughs> with those instruments, <laughs> right? I mean, shocking. You never know your own music producer, you know, teaching you stuff and leading you to stuff that God wants you to. It's just amazing how God works with us. Now, um, also, symptoms of a psychic attack. Um these symptoms, how okay. Now, here are examples. I'm going to give you some. Now, uh, these symptoms, however, can result from a wide range of common illnesses and conditions, and the chances that any of them result from psychic attacks are slim to none. If you experience these symptoms for any length of time, consult your health care provider as soon as possible. Having nightmares. <laughs> Having frightening and unpleasant nightmare dreams, like, okay, when you have demonic dreams, they're sucking your energy out of you. When they come to feed you in your dreams, you see yourself eating and drinking in dreams, what they're doing is they're putting poop, piss of demons, animals, human beings, they're sacrificing their own poop and piss, and Satan's communion in it, right, Um, which is blood and flesh, right? 
So the purpose of this is if you eat it and drink it, it's to stop you from praying, to stop you from reading the Bible, makes you lukewarm, makes you uninterested in God, puts snakes in you, spiders in you that builds that have, have eggs in you, and the snakes have venom in you, and it flows through you, um, to put sickness in you, to defile you, to make you filthy, to make you stink and stench in the spirit realm. And sometimes you'll have a body odor on the earth, and other people will smell it. You might not smell it, but they may, or you may smell it, and they may not smell it, right? It gets in your clothes, all kinds of stuff, right? That's what the purpose of it, that food is, and it's also to initiate you into a witch coven. It's also to ritualize you, to re, to convert you in the spiritual realm. You could start working for them in the spiritual realm, although you're for God in the physical. You could start working for them in the spiritual realm. Um, they can have you doing evil things. They can have you going to, um, in people's dreams, that's when they can clone you and do effies and double downers and gangbangers and twin flames and stuff like that. Um, you can have your own house in the demonic realm. Uh, you can you can have cars, anything, because they got a lot of stuff in the demonic realm, right? You can have all these things, but, but in the physical, you could be for God, but you can't get no deliverance because they're feeding you in the dream. And then sometimes they're feeding you snakes. They're feeding you worms. They're feeding you demonic eggs. They're feeding you demons, poison. So if you see yourself, I have a book on, on Barnes & Noble's called um, Deliverance from Eating in Your Dream. Very powerful book. A lot of people got deliverance from it. You might want to get that if you're that kind of person that's having those kind of dreams. What you do is you're supposed to cancel it and stuff like that. But that book will really get you some deliverance, right? So having nightmares. When you have nightmares, demons come in your dream. They're there to do so many things. But one of the main things they do is to suck you dry, right? That's why you'll wake up tired and stuff. Right, some people I know people I've dealt with that I had one person would wake up with dirt on their feet, and the Lord showed me that when this person go to sleep at night, they would take them to a demonic plantation, <laughs> like a farm plantation, and um, I I don't know exactly what they were doing, but they were working on the plantation, demonic plantation, and they were barefooted, and they were working in the mud and the dirt. So literally in the physical, they would wake up. With this on their feet. What? <laughs> so God showed me this. The person got deliverance. I mean, I could write a book about things that God has had me to do for people, but I really don't want to right now because <laughs> I've read so many books and I have so many deliverance books out in out there with stories in them already, right? Because I, I don't tell everything that I do for the Lord because it's not needed to say unless He says to say it. So now, also, seeing the the vampire energy attacker front and center, seeing the attacker in a devilish way, either in a dream or in your thoughts or in a flash vision, because sometimes you can fall asleep and have a flash vision, and God will show you something about a person, or when you sleep, God will show you something like, okay, I had a lot of women, but one woman in particular, she was going to a church, and she had only been in that church a couple of weeks, and she started dreaming about the pastor. And she started seeing him come in her dreams, trying to kiss her and hug her. And, and the Lord said he was a warlock. And he was trying to build up to marry her in the spirit so he could rape her in the spirit. And she could become a part of him in the spirit realm. She would have never been able to leave that church or anything until somebody came and told her what happened to her. 
And then in the physical, he would have started sleeping with her. They would have started having an affair in the physical. But because the Lord showed me this and I told her, she got deliverance and left the church. So if you go into a church and you start dreaming about that pastor, you're a female, you start dreaming about that pastor and he's trying to come after you in that way, you better run. If you're a man, you see any female, and women too, you see any kind of male, any kind of female in the church, whether they're leaders in the church or not, coming in your dreams trying to do those kind of things to you, you better run. You better leave that church and cut that person off as they try to get at you. They witches, warlocks, whatever. Because you have no business seeing anybody in your church or a leader coming in your dreams trying to do those kind of things to you. God is showing you. Then at times, every blue moon, it could be demons coming at the person because they don't want you in the church because you might get deliverance. So when you have those kind of dreams, you wake up and you talk to God and you ask him. Excuse me, I was thirsty. (laughs) You ask him, is he trying to tell you something about the pastor or is that a demon trying to get you out of the church? You ask God that. Men and women. Right? Seeing the attacker front and center, like I said. Experiencing fatigue, like I told you earlier. Feeling tired and depleted energy constantly for no reason. Feeling pain, having aches, migraines, having aches in places and places on a regular basis where you never got injured at. Uh, feeling weakness, experiencing illness or pain in areas of weakness that the attacker is aware of. Right? Um, being lethargic, I can never say that word, being being lethargic, (laughs) experiencing a lack of concentration, and being lazy regarding daily tasks. You don't want to do nothing. You don't want to clean. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to do this. You want to do that. You're dealing with an energy vampire demon, or it could be a person, or it could be a witch, warlock, or whatever, right? Having severe... Headaches, migraines, dizziness, vomiting, definitely an energy vampire because they're taking so much energy out of you, your body's reacting to it. Feeling doubtful, questioning or doubting direction in life, even after having been aware of direction beforehand. If you're the kind of person who's very doubtful, you question your existence, you question this, you question that, that is mental confusion, and that is an energy vampire sucking energy out of your brain, out of your thoughts. Um, for instance, I had a woman. She had a child, very smart child. Child got into, I think, eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade, and became so dumbfounded. It was just uncanny. I saw in the spirit room with the grandmother, had took the child, to some juju person ritual, he had a goat in the spiritual realm, but in the physical. He took the brain of the goat out of the goat, and in the spiritual realm took the boy's brain and put it in the goat and put his brain, the goat's brain, in the goat of the child. That's why the child became dumb. So when the Lord showed me this, he told me what to pray. I did. The child started getting bees. A's, all kinds of stuff after that. It even happened to me when I first came to God. I kept having heart problems. Doctor couldn't find nothing. 
I met this prophetess on Facebook. She came to Jersey. She told me to come see her. This was like, I think, 2012, 2013. I went to go see her. She put her hand underneath my breast where my, you know, where your heart is under there, right? And she said, they put something there. She said, they took a goat's heart and replaced it in your heart and took your heart and put it in the goat. She said, you have nine months to live. She said, I was sent here just for you. God is going to save your life. She prayed over me. I felt something. I don't know what it was. And I was never the same again, and I never had the heart problems again. Never had them again. I had a disease called Meniris, and from the time I inherited from my dad, I lost jobs because of it. I would get so dizzy. I couldn't walk. I couldn't talk. I couldn't eat. I would vomit. I would be dizzy. And they would have to give me medicine that they would give people when they got on the ship to keep them from getting vertical. So I wanted to lose my job, so sometimes I would be out for weeks, especially if I just got the job and I couldn't be covered. I suffered greatly. 2011, met this African man from the U.K. I was going to the church anyway. It was an African church. I love my African people. (laughs) So I was going to the African church, and the man came from the U.K. He called my name straight out. He said, come in. He said, you're one of the ones I came across the water for. He said, come in. I went up there. He started speaking in the heavenly language, put his hands on my head. I felt so much heat and power, I passed out. Never was dizzy again. He delivered me. Had high blood pressure, too. Don't know how I got that. That was the curse in the family, too, because I was skinny back then. Got rid of that. Never looked back. So I had energy vampires sucking energy out of me because of the Manirstees. And my dad had it too. I got it from him. And he's the only one in my family that I know of that had it. And then when I realized that I prayed for my children so they could never get it, I prayed for my grandchildren. I I went through the bloodline. I prayed, made sure nobody got it. Right? God is a great deliverer. He will send people across the water. When I was dealing with the incubus demon, uh, before I went to go to school in 2012, I went to a, another conference. This man was from Jamaica. He was an apostle. I sat there and watched him put a straw in the middle. Don't ask me how the straw went in this woman's belly. He sucked the cancer out of her and spit it out of her mouth. He put gold teeth, gold fillings in people's mouth. He called my name again, my full name. He said, I came in for you too. Come in. (laughs) I went up there. He told me what I was dealing with. The man blew on me. He blew and I fell. Demon came straight out. (laughs) When I got up, they had to help me get to my chair. And I knew the demon was gone because sometimes demons are heavy. And he used to stay on my right side. And that right side was so much more heavier than the left side. You can feel it. I felt so light. Three times he had sent a man of God across the water just for me. You can't tell me my father is not powerful. Our father. 
He has sent me to people to cast demons out that nobody else could cast out. And he will use many of us to do that. Now, feeling doubtful. Oh, I said that one already. Okay, sensing being watched. I've dealt with many people like that, females and males. They tell me somebody's watching them. They tell me an owl's watching them or a bird is watching them. One lady in my coaching, she had shadows watching. And I would just tell them what God said to tell them. And they would get deliverance. So if you're sensing you're being watched, chances are you're being watched. It's an energy vampire, whether it's a spirit or a human being. When I see a human being, most likely it's a witch, warlock, wizard. It ain't a normal human being. When you see shadows from the corner of your eye, outside your window, you hear cracks in the house, uh, stuff you ain't supposed to be hearing in your house, you're seeing orbs. Sometimes angels look like orbs, but you have to ask God, is that angels or is that something else? Because remember, the devil comes as a child of light, too. So sometimes the demons will come as orbs, too. Um, There was one time I woke up years ago, and it was in the summertime, and my window was up, and I had to shade up a little because I lived up on the high rise, right? And I woke up, and this big old moon was so close to my window, had eyes looking looking right at me. It was the moon itself had eyes looking right at me. The Lord said, get up. They're doing moon magic against you. It was 3 a.m. in the morning. I said, who's doing moon magic against me? He said, the witch I showed you that you got rid of, she's back at it again. <laughs> he said, get up. I said, well, what am I supposed to pray? So he told me what to pray. And I prayed, and I literally saw the moon back up in the sky, and the eyes removed. I can tell you some stuff I've seen in the spirit room with boreas on your head. That's how serious these witches was trying to get me. And I'm sure I ain't the only one that has experienced that. That moon had ice, and it was so close to me, and I saw it back away. Crazy. Just crazy. Evil crazy. So if you see shadows, you sense something, that is a spiritual evil vampire that you, or it could be a witch coming as that way. You need to be praying and fasting to get rid of that. If you, if a person is feeling suicidal, having feelings similar to a heart attack or the desire to take their life, like I taught you earlier, that is a death energy. Vampire trying to suck your life. Because, see, the more lives they take, the longer they can live. Like a witch. Um, There's a witch in my family. She's still alive. Um, A younger family member was about to go and visit, and God showed me a dream where she was going to try and take his life, but not kill him, but take it spiritually because she was old. And if she took his young life, it would give her more time to live, and she would literally start to look younger, and he would start to take on her age, her oldness. Right? You ever seen young people, they look so old, or they, they're born with that disease of looking old. That's somebody did that to them, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, I called the family member, and I warned them. 
They laughed at me. And I had been telling this person for a long time that person was a witch, but they didn't they didn't want to believe me. One second. They went. Hmm. Why did they shoot about it in the next day? <laughs> I went in a hotel. They told me. They said. I she, she told me I, to sleep in her room. She didn't want me to sleep in the guest room. She told me to sleep in the, her room because, you know, the AC was better, you know, whatever. So he went to sleep in that room. God woke his behind up. He saw her sitting in the chair by the bed chanting over him. He flew out of the house that night. <laughs> he called me. Late at night when he got at the hotel, I said, didn't I tell your narrow black behind not to go down there? Yeah. You didn't listen. So you got what you got. Well, I'm listening now. He ain't never went back to see that family member again. Then I had another family member. I told him. I said, you know so-and-so's a witch. <laughs> Believe me. I said, Okay. She's the reason why you can't keep a job or money. I said, stop talking to her for two months. Guarantee you'll get a job. Your money will get better. Why he get eight different job offers two weeks after he stopped talking to her? Took two of the jobs. Money got better. Brand new car within two months. He calls me. You was right. Why, during the two months, she's steady trying to call. He not answering. He never took a call again. <laughs> Which, right, they take anything from you. They will drain anything from you, your jobs, your money, your livelihood, because witches need, witches, warlocks, juju people, they need to constantly take stuff from other people, especially Christians, because our energy is more valuable than a sinner's energy. Once a sinner becomes a Christian, their aura and energy totally changes on a whole new voltage level, right? So this is especially why they come for us. They just don't come for us to stop us, <coughs> excuse me, from telling the truth. They also know our light and energy is at a high voltage, right? So they need to constantly drain people because they live there of the devil. The devil is death. He's not life. So they have no life in them. They have no good energy in them. Everything about them is jacked up. So they need other people's stuff, especially the Christians, for them to rise high in the spirit realm, to have the energy and power to do what they need to do. And they also, if you're in the ministry, they also need your followers to suck the energy out of them. This is why people be having crazy dreams. Life is crazy. Husband losing house, losing wife, losing house. They don't even know why. It's because of which you're following on the YouTube. The YouTube got plenty of them because God be showing them to me. Then guarding, here's the last part. Guarding against psychic attacks. Feeling protected from psychic attacks is very important. If you're experiencing symptoms listed above and they are affecting your daily life, then you need to consult God. But if it's a physical thing, you can assault, consult God and a doctor, right, for safeguarding. Now, 
be aware, becoming aware of psychic attacks through identification of the unusual events taking place will help diminish the effects of the attacks. Ask God for guidance. Ask God to put the aura of your guardian angel. Say this with me. Find in the name of Yeshua Jesus. I want your aura. I want the Holy Spirit's aura. I want Yeshua's aura. And I want all my angels' auras that you give me to put around me as a repellent, an energy shield, to burn anything that tries to cross it to come to take my energy. I mean burn them. But if you see them coming to you, still let them be burnt. Let it be known on the physical plane and so that they can repent and come to you and you will heal them. If not, woe unto that soul habitating that body. And shoes me. Won't he do it? Them shadows, all that stuff people dealing with, mm, no more. They'll get burnt. They'll be finished. Vanquished. <laughs> now, refrain from mirroring the attacker's action. This is a physical person, or it could be a family member, friend, or a witch. Avoid sim- sending similar energies or thought. Like when I was going through that big attack years ago, I reacted and I shouldn't have. I made a video. And then I thought it was God telling me to do it, but it was my own self. Because he didn't want to tell me to take it down. When I made that video, oh, my goodness, it opened a can of whoop worms <laughs> on my behind. Right? They really started attacking me because I fell into the trap. I got angry. I got mad. Boom. They came for me, and they came hard, man. I had to fight really hard. I had to fight. You know, God was with me. But he let me go through it because I had to learn, right? So when you going through witch attacks or somebody coming for you, don't open the door. Go to God. Pray fast. Go into warfare. That's how you deal with these spirits. You don't fight them. You don't talk to them. They cursing you. You cancel and sit it back. Deal with God. Don't even deal with them. Don't even open the door. People leaving crazy comments about you. That's all right. Don't even respond, because they cursed anyway. Take it to God. Don't get angry. Open the door. You fight back spiritually. Because, see, they don't want you to fight spiritually. They want you to fight physically, because that's how they're going to get you. They can't get you spiritually if you're fighting with God. So refrain from that. Now, send loving thoughts in the atmosphere. Right? Like people at work messing with you, I know it's hard, but be loving and kind. Be loving and kind. Or don't say nothing. Go to work and be quiet. You know, if they speak, if you feel you should speak, then speak. But sometimes it's speaking opens the door. Ask God, God, should I speak to them when I go in there? He say, no, don't do it. He say, yes, then you do it. But me, if I got enemies at work, I ain't saying nothing to nobody. Even if they speak to me, I'm going to keep it moving. Because they ain't doing nothing but trying to set me up. They don't like me. You know, they don't want me there. So why you ask me how I'm doing? You don't care how I'm doing. Why you saying good morning to me? You don't care about any goodness coming to me in the morning. You're my nemesis. So it's just a setup. So I wouldn't even say nothing unless it's work-related. Right? You, your husband is acting crazy, your wife acting crazy, the kids acting crazy. Show love. Send love. I know it's hard. 
somebody curses you from kingdom come under your breath, you be like, you know what? Everything you say ain't going to hit your butt with a ton of bricks. But I love you anyway. <laughs> you know, somebody make you mad. Don't even show it. Just be like, God, help me. Help me to see the love in this person that you see. It is really hard sometimes. You know, somebody cheats you out your money, you know, you just get God on it for that. And you just be like, God, I pray in the end this person repent. If not, want to that soul. Because the more love we put out there, the more demons we get rid of. If you start acting like the attackers, you become the attacker. If you start acting like the energy vampires, you become them too. Because as they're making you mad or whatever they're doing to you, then you start doing it. You drain it from them as well. You protect yourself through God. Every time an attacker comes into your mind, like Satan sends arrows in our minds to make us think of craziness. That's him trying to suck energy from our thoughts. You know your thoughts carry energy, right? You know your thoughts carry power because your thoughts can come alive, right? So when the enemy start sending crazy stuff in your head, or you hear a curse in your head, you know, or you start thinking about a crazy ex or whatever, you know, you be like, I would build you, Lucifer. I know that's you, right? He trying to steal energy from your thoughts, from your mind. Everything about us is energy, right? We energy people, right? So every time the attacker comes into your mind, imagine you are showering your attacker with the light of Christ. Say, Say, Yeshua, can you put your light around my attacker? Either to to get their wool to change to come to you or to burn them, period. An affliction will not be my cause anymore in Yeshua's name, right? So that's what you do. And you can always ask Yah to continue to keep his light around you. All you need is him or mama or God. All three of them is even better. And the angels. Keep your light around me constantly. Make it perpetual. So no darkness can invade me. Light always kills darkness. The moon needs the sun to light it. So that means the moon is dark. This is why they use the moon, because the moon is really a dark entity. Without the sun going behind it, it has no light. This is why they use the moon a lot. Moon magic and all that stuff, because the moon is really dark. We're not really even supposed to have a moon. Everything was daylight all the time, like in Alaska. Six months day, six months night. We're not supposed to have no nighttime, because in the kingdom of God, it's light all the time. So the moon is a darkness. It is a dark entity that needs light from the sun. So this is why the witches use the moon. They, they, there is some type of sun worship, but I don't know about sun witchcraft. I have not come across anything like that. But there is sun worship, right? So they do worship the moon. I mean, they do worship the sun, but I don't know if they use witchcraft with the sun. But the Bible says don't let the sun smite you by day. So maybe because they do sun worship, that's some type of witchcraft in it too. But they more so do the witchcraft with the moon, because the moon is a dark entity. It needs the sun to light it. And we have two suns on this earth. That's in the, in, in, in the book of Buru and Jubilee in the uh, Scepter book. Um, 
And here's the last one. Be strong. The most important way to stay safe from the effects of a psychic attack is to be emotionally strong and stable in Christ and in the Holy Spirit and in Yeshua. Identify your emotional weaknesses and issues and fears and ask God to help you be delivered from them and to heal you from them because your goal is to be healed. Because if your emotions are not strong, if you're not stable and you are full of fear, you can never be any good for yourself or God. And you will always be full of demons because fear brings just about every demon there is. Emotional issues bring every type of mental demon there is. Unstability brings every type of unstable demon there is. You could never get delivered until you get right. And I want to recommend my book called Elohim Heal My Chakras, which is on Barnes & Noble. You would just put in my name, Apostle Rosalind Solomon. It's about four pages. Look for it. And you also put in after that, Rosalind Solomon. It's about two or three pages of books under Rosalind Solomon. The same thing with Amazon. But this book is on Barnes and Noble. And then there's another book. Um, it's, the, it's a, it, it looks like a prison bars on it. It's a blue and white book, and um, it's padlock. As a what is the total name of it? <laughs> It's delivered from padlocks, yeah, and it has, like, white prison bars on it with blue. Those two books go hand in hand. I recommend those books highly. And also, even if you're not depressed or have anxiety, I have another book I just put out a couple of weeks ago, Deliverance from Depression and Anxiety. That book is for anybody, even if you don't even deal with it. It will help balance your emotions. And then I have a coaching book on, on uh, Amazon. Um, I forget the name of it, but it has a black man and a white couple. It's white and black, and then a white couple, and then I think a Spanish couple, and it's green and yellow. Where's the name of that book? I know it got coaching in it. <laughs> for family. Oh, yes, yeah, it says for families and relationship. That is a very good book for anybody because that also will teach you how to balance your emotions, right? And when and when you are going through stuff, you'll still be able to preach, teach, do God's word, pray for people, cast out demons with God's power, and prophesy. You will learn how to keep your emotions in check. You will learn how to balance yourself and still be able to do God's work. It is a shameful thing when you cannot do God's work because you're so emotionally distraught. Now, we do get tired, and God will pull you back because he has done it to me. He just did it to me recently after that big attack I went through. He told me, he said, he said, put the, the Saturday church aside for now and just do whatever else I want you to do because you need to rest. Your mind has been through a lot. So you need to rest. So sometimes the Lord will pull you and tell you to rest your mind. Because we need rest. Sometimes you can get so overloaded, you know, and, and and go through such vicious attacks, and you think you're all right. But God will tell you, baby, rest. Daddy knows best. Rest. And when I listened to him and I stopped doing the Saturday church and just, you know, started doing everything else I'm doing, I felt I feel so much better. And I, and I asked him, should I go back to the church yet? Let me know. So, like, if I had a real church, my assistant or pastor would be preaching for a month or two or three or four. <laughs> and I wouldn't. I'd be doing everything else. But even God, 
to see where your mind needs to rest, and he will pull you. He will pull you. And when he sees people taking advantage of you as well, he will pull you. He will pull you because he don't like that. Right? He always tells me, stop casting your pearls for swines. <laughs> he says that to me. I'm like, all right, I'll stop casting my pearls for swines then. Right? So you have to get your emotions stable. You have to get yourself stable. Um, if you need a coach, like I coach people, and I help them a lot, you know, they get deliverance, all kinds of stuff. You know, they help me sometimes, listen to their stories. You know, after they get testimonies and they come back and they tell me, Apostle, you did, you said, da, 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 and, and, and they life changed and, and, and it inspires me to keep moving. How many of you know sometimes the person who's coaching, mentoring, teaching, preaching, delivering, and prophesying, they need encouragement too? Because that encouragement encourages them to keep going. Once you find out what God is using you for to help people and change their lives and do this and do that, it highly encourages you to keep going. Even when you're going through bad attacks and illness or whatever the case is, you will still be able to function and encourage others. Sometimes I'd be encouraging people, counseling them, talking to them, praying, smiling, happy, and inside I could really be going through something. But you would never know that. You would never know that because my mission in life is to help people. How can I help you if you know I'm going through something really bad? You would be like, you know what, I can't I can't ask Apostle to coach me. I can't ask Apostle to help me because she's going through so much. And then you would miss your blessing because, see, I know how to handle my business. When I'm going through something, I know how to handle myself. I know how to deal with it, and I give it to God. And what I don't know how to deal with, I learn how to deal with it with God so I can keep functioning and doing what he wants me to do without hurting myself and others. It's called sacrificing, like our Messiah did us. Look at all the stuff he went through back in the day. He still sat with the thieves, prostitutes, murderers, and chiefs. He had dinner with them. He laughed with them. Then what he doing there? He prayed and cast out demons. <laughs> the apostles couldn't even stay woke long enough for him. <laughs> he had to feed 7,500 people who were walking on water. <laughs> you know, he got up on the Calvary for us. He sacrificed. There was times he wanted to go to sleep. He couldn't sleep because people chasing him to get delivered or want a prophecy. There was times he was tired, and he had thousands of people he had to lay hands on. But nobody knew he was tired and hurting inside or was dealing with stuff because he learned how to handle himself. He learned how to handle his business. He learned how to put his emotions in check where he could still do God's work. Hardly nobody was praying for him or asking asking him what you need. But that didn't matter to him. He kept going because his purpose was for God and God only. And that's how a child of God should be. Now, at times, sometimes I ask y'all to pray for me at times, you know, but a leader should not have to ask 
the followers, the parishioners to pray for them. That should be an automatic thing for you. When you wake up in the morning and you're praying for your family, you need to be putting me in there. And anybody else you follow in whatever church you're going to, you need to be putting us in there. That should be a given. Because I don't know about others, but when I wake up, I pray for everybody who's following me, known and unknown. I even pray for deliverance for the wicked ones. But then I'll be like, if they don't want to get right, daddy, then warn to their soul, the body that habitates it. One girl had a dream. The Lord showed her how I pray for everybody. That's how all leaders should be. They should pray for everybody that follows them, whether they know them or not, even the wicked. But you say, woe unto that soul that habitates that body if they don't adhere to the prayer or the offerings of repentance and salvation in Yeshua's name. All right, so that's the end of my show now. I didn't mean to stay off till 10 o'clock. <laughs> I was going to get off of here at 9 time. But um, Holy Spirit led. So I'm sure that this has delivered quite a few of you who have listened to me and who will listen to me in the archives and share this. Share this recording. I'm going to put it on Spotify and probably tomorrow morning because I'm a little sleepy right now. But um, share share this link with as many people as you can because this is going to deliver a lot of people. And also get those books that I mentioned and any other books the Holy Spirit could be leading you to. And for those of you that don't understand why I call the Ruach Adish Holy Spirit mother or female, you get my book. It's called The Secret Truths About the Holy Spirit. It's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It's a beautiful blue book with a dub on it. Also, the last chapter talks about Yadathoth, a.k.a. Lucifer, Satan, who are, who, who are two other different entities, which are his sons. Right? You will learn about why he was created through the Ruach and what happened and this and that. Right? And it's it's scripture based. After you read it, you go to God and he'll confirm it to you because he did many, many other people the same way. Right? So as I get that question sometimes, why do you call her mother? You know, and it's and it also uh it's in the book of Azarus, it's in um the Solomon's books, he calls her mother. Um, it's in a lot of books, you know. It used to be her name um, used to be in the Book of Kings, and they took it out, you know. And, and it used to say she was the wife of God, and they took it out, right? And then um, I also just want to say this real quick. I find a lot of men don't like women preaching, right? They always use that scripture that God did not say, but the Apostle Paul said he wish a woman to be quiet <laughs> and not uh, teach a, a, a man. But God did not say that. He said that, right? So you you men out there that think we shouldn't preach, you got to understand something. There would be no man on this earth if, if it wasn't for a woman's womb. Every man on this earth came from a woman's womb. So that shows you how important we are. Now, God could have decided to just let everybody come from him because he's God. But he had a wife come forth out of him, which is called the Ruach Adish. She says, I, I come forth from him, and I was there, and we made everything together. So he could have did it himself, but he chose to have a female deity, which is a god, a goddess, come out of him. To help them make children. So that shows how very important a woman is. 
and we doggone sure didn't come from a man's rib. Adam and Eve came here together. They fell together. I taught that, and it's truth. It is impossible for anything to come out of a man's womb. Because the Ruach Adish didn't even come out of God's womb. She came out of his grind. Man, you know what your grind is, right? <laughs> See, spirits in the heaven can self-impregnate themselves. There's only one chromosome difference between a man and a woman. But in the heavens, a man's spirit and a woman's spirit can have children themselves. Yadathoff had plenty of them. The first seven deadly sins are his children that he birthed. And then Lilith was Yadathoff's wife and still is. She is his Holy Spirit. She was attracted to Adam. She couldn't have him. That's what made her evil. And she winded up on the side of Yadathoff. That's his wife. His Holy Spirit. The Queen of the Coast. She was once of God. The Queen of Heaven. She was once of God. King Dagon, which is the Marine King. Next to the Queen of the Coast and the Queen of Heaven. He was once of God. They were all, they're all gods. They're fallen gods. That Satan convinced, even, what's his name? Leviathan was of the Lord. But the Lord had to break him in half so that the Israelites could cross the Red Sea. And then put him back together because he's for a purpose. If you read Job, you'll find out about the other dragon, Ruha. God had to kill that one, too, so they could get across the sea and put him back together. But also in the book of Numbers, he allowed them to eat Leviathan as quail. So he's not physically alive, nor is Ruha, but they're spiritually alive in the waters. They guard the waters for Lucifer. So Lucifer had to win over that spirit. They also guard the firmament, part of the firmament that Lucifer controls. When I say Lucifer, I mean Yadathoth because, you know, they're different entities. So, you know, these are the things that people don't know, that they need to know. Then they would understand why we're dealing with Yadathoth, as you know Lucifer saying. Then they'll understand why we're on this earth because we fell. Adam and Eve fell together, and then we fell with them. We all had a hand into this. So women are just as important to God. If you read the book of Daniels and the book of Revelations, and it's in another book in the Bible, God says he's going to pour a spirit on all young maidens and old maidens and young men and old men. What does it mean to pour his spirit out? Everything about him. Right? Let me tell you something about God. He's not racist, nor is he prejudiced. His mission is to get a soul. If a woman can bring him souls, he going to use her. Many men have left the post. Many kings have dropped their mantles. Their seats are empty. So if a man don't want to fill it, God will use that woman to fill it. So you men, get over yourself. Get used to it, because God is going to use multitude of women to bring him souls. Do you think God cares if you a woman? If you preaching and bringing him souls, do you think he going to curse you for that? Do you think he can? His mission, and his only mission, is to restore his kingdom. And if he has to use women to do it, he going to do it. And all you men trying to stop us from doing it, he will curse you and judge you. And you might even lose your life because you're stopping him from utilizing his kingdom through that vessel. So men, you better get yourselves together. This is a warning from a woman. 
don't like it, take it up with God. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. I might have a guest. I might not. <laughs> but bless everybody. I thank you for taking the time to listen. And those of you on the Internet and those of you who are listening in the archives, I appreciate you. I love you. May God bless you. And may you have multitudes of testimonies the next time we speak. Shalom. Thank you for listening to the Royal Queen Topic News radio show and podcast. Be sure to join us again next Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to go on another journey with the Royal Queen Show. Until next time, be blessed.